What's up, viewers and listeners? My name is Jay. I'm a registered nutritionist based here in Bristol, working with BJJ enthusiasts across the globe. On today's episode, we had Matthew Benyon. He is very much involved with Scramble, Polaris, and Unathletic. He has a black belt in jiu-jitsu and has traveled the world learning from jiu-jitsu from multiple different countries. If you aren't aware of who Matt is, you will very much will after this podcast. In this podcast, we talked about his experiences abroad, running Polaris, weight cutting, thoughts on steroids in the sport, how to make your default medals look that much better, some interactions he's had with some of the world's top grapplers, and much, much more. Thank you for tuning in. And of course, if you're not subscribed, please click that button and turn on post notifications for further uploads. Thank you for watching and listening, and let's get into episode 14. Even though I say 13 at the beginning, I'm only humor after all. Oose. A quick word about one of our sponsors, Grappler Soap. The team wanted to find, right, the best possible defense against skin infections, which normally we get from each other or off the mass. This, in turn, led Dan and the team into researching more about soaps and essential oils, which turns out has been used for thousands of years, actually, as a natural defense against infection during the plague. Slight twisted story here, but grave robbers in England knew of the power of essential oils and smothered themselves in it before exhuming and stealing corpses. Useless fact of the day for you there. But Dan and the team had tried several soaps before, but none of them just simply wowed them. So he started to make his own. Months more research, trial and error led to finally this golden nugget, grappler soap, which you'll be pleased to know the recipe is CPR registered and approved by pharmacists. The use of a specific method to lock in the amazing natural smell, no cheap fragrances used here, which means the soap and use smell great and stand the best chance of staying healthy. Although the soap was developed for grapplers alike is now widely being used by non-grapplers and dan is always like delighted to hear from customers about how it's cleared up dry and itchy skin or relieved eczema or just simply made you feel awesome the smell alone has been a massive hit with men and women alike so enough waffle for now go and get yourself some now at www.mrbassett.com or go check out their Instagram page for some very funny memes at Grapplers Soap. Thank you, guys. One final sponsor shout out to the team at Inner Chimp. Inner Chimp is a brand name that really speaks to grapplers and fighters, one we can believe and relate to on a personal level. Inner Chimp is simply catchy, right? And with small tweaks, can be your general gym wear and casual wear and rash guards like this for men, women, and children. Inner Chimp is ethically produced and has turned down cheaper production overseas to ensure this. Understanding that we only have one earth, right, which we need to look after. This is at the forefront of their production decisions. And we want you, our listeners and viewers, to have a sense of accomplishment in knowing that you are doing your part when buying their products. Inner Chimp tees are 100% organic cotton. They're packaging 80% recycled cardboard and all of their products are designed to last. Their production and manufacturing is in the UK, trying and aiming to be as eco-friendly as possible, leaving close to zero global footprint. But to put it simply, Inner Chimp has a massive passion for the sport, attention to detail and our planet in mind, and always at the forefront of your own Inner Chimp. Go check out their website, www.inner-chimp.co.uk, or go check out their Instagram at inner underscore chimp. Thank you for your time.
Right, guys, episode 13. Uh, my name is Jay. I'm the host of the BJJ Nutrition Podcast. Uh, I help, obviously, BJJ enthusiasts across the world uh, make weight, obviously, safety about the only thing silly with their weight cuts and perform to their best abilities. Uh, for episode 13, we have a fantastic guest with us, which we're really honored to have. We have the infamous... Hmm? Matt. Matt. <laughs> Not just any Matt. Matt is obviously, uh, this is Matt Benyon. Uh, he is very well known, obviously, within the jiu-jitsu game itself. Um, like I said, I'll, I'll let you introduce yourself in terms of everything you've done in the past and stuff, or currently doing now as well type thing, and uh, take it from there. Um, yeah, so we are uh, I, I probably most known for uh, Scramble, which is a brand been running for like 15 years with my uh, business partner, Ben, sat outside. Um, well, he's working. He's not just sat outside. He tells a lie. He's having yeah. a sports massage in the kitchen. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also Polaris, which we, we're um, part owners of, and um, various other ventures of varying sizes that have come and gone. Probably also Unathletic is the other one. Yeah. yeah. My favourite brand, honestly. Love it. There we go. Yeah. You trying to suggest something? Yeah. We, well, we've heard some dramas caused the other day, obviously, with... Um... I like the uh, the casual... <coughs> <laughs> plug, plug, yeah. It's it's casual plug. I'm just going to point at him with that bottle there, yeah. That's the I, I, I took that on, on holiday and I, you know, I, I suddenly as I, as I was going through the security, I was like, I wonder if someone's going to like not have a sense of humour here. I did a nutrition sort of talk for um, Bristol Sport Foundation, so it's all local kids in the area and everything. And I'm about to walk out of my water and I was like... Probably not for this future. So I just ended up, I was like, oh, maybe I could just turn the other way and just be unathletic. That would be the perfect <laughs> thing. But um, yeah, definitely one of the, my favorite brands at the moment. And even the content you're producing is just hilarious. The fact that I'm not engaging just uh, the cast <laughs> in the slightest bit. I'm just like, I love it. Just absolutely, it, yeah, absolutely class to say the least. But um, nice. you've obviously got uh, the brands obviously behind the company, which is great. Um, the other thing obviously we're here to obviously talk about will be your sort of background within jiu-jitsu itself. Um, your experiences, obviously, training, nutrition, all that type of stuff. So, uh, for the average listener out there who may not be aware of you and also your background, do you want to sort of break that down a little bit and where you started? In terms of jujitsu? Yeah, where did that all start? Um, I'm a black belt under Yuki Nakai, um, who is uh, the Japanese that legend that you know fought Hicks and Gracie in, in that famous tournament. Um, I've been training for nearly 20 years, which is pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> considering how bad I am. <laughs> um, I started in Australia. Okay. In like, it was really old school. It was a, a gym called Pump House. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a hardcore weightlifting gym. And there was a little little guy there that had a purple belt and he was doing classes. We'd literally like, you know, move all the, you know, people were doing like pump classes or whatever. Yeah. They'd move out of the way. We'd roll the mats out. We'd do jujitsu. <laughs> Summer was no summer was no gi. Winter yeah. was gi. Friday was no rules. That was the yeah. So when you brought in a few knives and stuff like no, that. Oh yeah, like, yeah, like ballet tudo. Uh, I, I did it in Australia for a year, I think, and then I moved to Japan with my wife. Or she was, you know, my girlfriend at the time. Mm. And I immediately, I was pretty obsessed at that point. So like priority number one was finding a gym. It's <laughs> yeah. yeah. definitely a thing. You start. I think anyone could agree. If you start getting into jiu-jitsu, all of a sudden, everything around it's your pretty life ridiculous. is yeah. like, where's the nearest jiu-jitsu gym? Yeah. Like, even yeah. my parents and the family chat, oh, I was thinking about going somewhere in Greece. And they're like, what's the, uh, what's the island? Yeah. Oh, there's a gym over there. Yeah, yeah we do. can go there. <laughs> I, don't, I don't train on holiday. No, I'm usually pretty good. If I'm with my family, I won't train. But, um, and then I, yeah, I was there for, for four years. Um, I went to up to Purple Belt. 
then came back here. Purple Belt was still quite rare at the time. That was 2008. Yeah. Believe it or not, it doesn't, it's not that long ago, but you know, in Bournemouth, we had Alex D'Souza was black belt. Sure. And then all his, like, his best students were sort of blue belts at the time, including Jeff Lawson. And then I rocked up with my purple belt. <laughs> and they were like, I've told this story so many times, but they, they were all like really deferential. Oh, wow, what would you do in this position? I'll oh, show us some techniques. I was like, yeah. And then, <laughs> and then, and then, and then sparring came and Jeff, like, they fucking murdered me. Like, oh, shit. It's like a Ron Burgundy stitch. Like, thanks to where's my coat. Yeah. So, and that was it. I've been here since then, training, um, moved around a couple of different places, but now I'm at Ipon with Jeff. And uh, the level there is really, really good. No, yeah, like, there's like 12 black belts or something, if we're lucky, you know, yeah. if they all get together. So, yeah. I'm intrigued, obviously, again, uh, touching on the nutrition seminar I did for the kids last night. And I asked them, I obviously told them what I do in terms of training and stuff like that. And uh, said, oh, anyone else here do jiu-jitsu? And no word of a lie, half the class put their hands up. Really? And I was like, wow. And again, it was a good mix of boys and girls in there as well. And I was like... Okay, cool. And obviously a few of them I mentioned, obviously our Sweatbox, Pedro, RDA, whatever it could be. And I was like, that's interesting. So obviously, even take it back five years ago, you wouldn't have even had that much. So there'd be some people going, what's this type of thing? What was it like, obviously, two of you in Australia rolling out on that type of thing and everyone going... No, no, it was a, it was a proper class. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I mean, it was, what was it at that point? Just a niche sport, I suppose. But yeah. there was like a few Brazilians that had left Brazil and found a similar life like in Australia yeah. that you could surf and the weather was nice and stuff nice. like that. So there was a, probably more than in the UK at okay. that point. I did like the New South Wales Open and it was pretty, that was like my first competition and it was pretty well attended. So it, it, it was going on if like, yeah. That's interesting. I might be my naivety then with this. Would you not think that then there should be more maybe bigger name Australian competitors coming out of Australia if it's been around for that, if especially if they had that Brazilian start or heritage from that point. If you I think it's more a case of the the Brazilians being so dominant, having such a massive head start. Like yeah. I think there was loads of really solid Australians. Like Kit Dale, before he was like Hollywood Kit Dale, <laughs> was wrecking shop in like Brazil and everything. Like okay. I used to read his blog yeah. when he was like a purple brown belt. He was murdering people. Okay, um, interesting. They've been good for a while. Yeah. So obviously you've got the likes, obviously Craig Jones being the obvious Yeah, and then obvious Craig one. and Lachlan and all those yeah, guys, and all those Jeremy Skinner. Guys. But it, did, it doesn't seem to be as much, like I said, or like, again, it might be just the facts, obviously my bias of watching the Worlds recently, that predominantly the majority of the crowd was just Brazilian altogether type stuff. And it's just like, okay, yeah. where, where's the, rest, where's the represent, representation of the, of the countries type of thing. But They've just had such a massive head start. But yeah. it, it won't go on for long. Americans are starting to take over, especially in Nogi. <laughs> American jiu-jitsu. Yeah, it's almost like the Brazilians have just gone, oh, fuck it, we'll, we'll just let them have no gi. They're too relaxed. We'll, we'll, do, the gi, we'll do the gi. Yeah. We'll, we'll take that back. Oh, yeah. God, that's interesting. Um, so did you find, obviously, again, with different countries of training and stuff like this, different styles were coming out of each and every sort of area? I don't know, obviously, you get it with gyms themselves, but did you find certain countries had different sort of different ways of approaching things? Or? Yeah, I think... Um, yeah, there's definitely sort of different flavors, but then in in every country and every gym, there's people of different size and different temperaments mm. and mentalities. Like, I guess overall, you could say in Japan, it was more technical, but okay. you'd still get like absolute units in Japan that just want to smash it, especially from a judo background. Mm. Um, I used to do judo just, just like for fun, but I used to go to a high school 
and okay. like it was police policemen and high school kids basically and like so good really so powerful you know like um, but then like the other on the other hand one of my favorite training partners in Japan was a dentist he was like 45 you know <laughs> tiny little guy <laughs> not not aggressive in the slightest but the yeah. most incredible jiu-jitsu like really fluid and really technical nice. um, but you've yeah you've got people like that in all countries haven't you yeah, no, that's, that's mm. good to hear. I, I would have thought, obviously, again, from Japan in terms of the other cultures that they have in that sort of area being, obviously, you've got sumo, you've obviously got um, wrestling to the more the entertainment yeah. factor, and obviously judo. Oh, their amateur stuff. wrestling is amazing as well. Yeah. Especially the women, they're like world you, champions. Would you say their stand-up was actually quite significant in terms of it? It's, again, obviously, I know you've got the culture of just like, don't just pull guard, and I think it was a re- reel the other day, I was like, oh, this is ADCC, and it was like a drop, and then both mm, of them just sit yeah. down type thing, so... Uh, the chances of running into someone who is also a judo black belt was much higher, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But then, like, Japanese people get really obsessed with things, so if they're a guard player, they'll be like... The the, guard player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, But also, I trained in Pariestra, which is is Shuto, so it's Mm -hmm. like, we had a a little gym that was just one room, but sort of an imaginary line in the middle, and on one side they were doing MMA, and on the other side, jiu-jitsu. So I think... Pariestra has a bit of a mentality of not neglecting certain areas. Yeah, I mean, everyone's kind of upping their game a little bit now. Mm. But then also I've been training with Jeff Lawson for years and his judo is fucking phenomenal. So mine is, I'm still shit. (laughs) If you you can break a grip and like not immediately pull guard, people are like, wow, do you know know judo? (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Is this where, I feel like this is where you're inspiring yourself with the unathletic brand type of thing. Like, yeah. Oh, the unathletic is just easy. That's yeah. just like, yeah, there's so many jokes waiting to be made. Did, I've, I've been wanting to tell you this ever since we've obviously got this arranged. I generally think you need to bring out a rash guard, which is like the Tesco value, low, like image from right. back in the day, but have that as the full rash guard, Why? like Tesco value. You need to give <laughs> that a bit of context. So we, yeah. we started going up to Shane and um, we were like, oh, dude, we should... Uh, Totally do like a because he's obsessed with Greg's donuts. Shame. Big, yeah. yeah. Right. He loves Greg's donuts. We were like, you should definitely do Goth Lord in the Greg's text and color <laughs> on a rash guard because Paul obviously owns subguards with, with, with yes, trains. Right. And he was just like, hmm. And he, he gave it a good thought, didn't he? He was like, yeah. oh, okay, maybe. And on the way down, we were like, uh, we should we should do a rash guard. We should just do Tren Hard. Yeah, train hard. Train hard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, train hard. I've, I've seen Got a few done. a few comedy t-shirts floating around. The guys in London have got one, haven't they? The, yeah. yeah. It's just it's it's uh, it's ripe. The jiu-jitsu world is ripe for jokes. That's why Craig Jones is riding this massive yeah. wave, wave now because yeah. it's been so serious for so long, and like like Gordon takes himself so seriously. So for for an Aussie like Craig, it's just like, this is easy. It's, it's an enjoyment factor for me, again, from like previous stuff that I've done before in terms of like the bodybuilding world, CrossFit world, about how everyone's there weighing on every single gram of rice and broccoli yeah. and all this type of stuff. And then there's some people who have just taken the mick out of it. I know we were talking about vibrant shoes and there, there was a phase where if you want ultimate performance within your leg gains, you must get the analogy of your feet in the right position on the squat or the leg press and this stuff. And then a couple of guys came out and said, you do know they look like marigolds? And they're like, okay. And then he started doing sketches of literally putting these marigolds on, on and then actually putting them on the leg press type of thing. And I was like, mm. it's true though. Like, it doesn't need yeah, to be that no. serious. You can still have a bit of fun, which is good. Sorry, a bit of a tangent there altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously then, I keep on saying, obviously I'm trying my best not to say it. I'm sorry. Oh, right. How many times have I said it now? 
Do you honestly want to know how many times you said it? it That's 20s. currently 17. Since we started, you said obviously three times in the intro. Even, I'm going to start keeping a count of this. It, well, it is a word, isn't it? Yeah, but I keep on saying it too oh, much. No, don't worry about it's it. Fine. I'm it's fine. It's either it's either obviously or um, and you go for obviously every time. But it's I'm, not obvious. I'm a big like guy. Yeah. It's like a bit northern than like. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, yeah. Maybe. Um, well okay. travelled, isn't it? That's what it is. Well travelled. Well travelled. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one. What's your competing history? I know you've, I think you put up something the other day about, oh, it's a flashback from five years ago of competing at Brown Bow or something like this. Well, what's that been like for you? Have you done much? Or? Um, no, I, I, don't, I don't like competing. I had a, uh, my coach in Japan was amazing because he would force people to compete. There was no like, he would, <laughs> yeah. Walk in, oh, you're, do, you're competing yeah, yeah, no, on that, weekends. That's what it was like. And he would fill the forms out because it was all in Japanese. He'd be like, yeah, there you go. What weight category am I in? Ultra? Hold on, yeah. what's going on <laughs> Well, I used to be 67 kilos in Japan. Really? Yeah, because um, it was so hot. Like for, from like April to September, October, it was just drenched like um, humidity. Wow. And I used to cycle to work and the diet is fairly healthy. Mm. Um, now, so skinny. I think that's why I struggled when I came back to the UK because yeah. most people were just bigger and stronger. Mm. But competition, I mean, I did... I did average, I got, I competed a lot in Japan, got like um, one or two golds, a bunch of silvers, loads of bronzes, you defaults. know. Yeah, no, 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 I got a couple of defaults, yeah. <laughs> Fuck it, I'll, I'll take them. <laughs> <laughs> the, the trick is that you just hang them up, forget, forget how it happened, and then later on you're like, yeah, you know. Okay, a few more. <laughs> hey, it still shows that you did the work. Yeah. Um, uh, and what happened? I came back to the UK, still like had the motivation left over from Japan. Mm. I did like the British Open or something, but no, I never really did too great. No, um, I get injured a lot. Yeah. And uh, what did I do? I swapped to Ippon, where I'm training now, as a brown belt. Mm. Trained quite hard there for a while. Felt much better than I had done previously. Did the Bournemouth Open. I think I lost, but I was like, oh, I've got a bit, a slightly better handle on it now. Yeah. I want to do a few more of these. And then I got my black belt. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> now, now what am I going to do? It's, it's definitely not on the same level. I had the same yeah. journey. Yeah, oh, where, black belt, suddenly. Yeah, I, I we're going from white to blue. In my head, I was like, I know obviously all stars, they have the absolute like belt. And I'm like, I want that belt. I've got a couple of goals. I want that belt. And I'm like, right, gunning for this, gunning for this week before the competition. Here's your blue belt. And I'm like, fuck. No. <laughs> I'm like, I wanted that belt so yeah. badly. Well, you, you wanted to be white belt champion. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'll just, I'll, I'll say completed it. Done. <laughs> I'll get, get, screw, done. get a Sharpie. I'll just start. Like, there we go. I will do. Uh, I did. I did. I competed. Was it last year or the year before? At black belt. Yeah. Against a guy that I've known for ages called Chris. And it was good. Like, um, because the training at Ippon is, can be really, really hard. Tuesday nights, Thursday nights, Dan runs a sort of comp class. Mm. And when I was competing, I was like, oh, this is, you know, the comp class, class is on par yeah. with this. I felt pretty good. I thought I'd won, actually, and then I looked at the scoreboard after. I was like, oh, fuck. I lost by an advantage. But it, I didn't feel, like, terrible, you mm. know. So yeah, uh, that's, that's my comp history. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. So with, obviously, the weight difference there, obviously, again, I wasn't a 
again aware that <laughs> I said obviously again <sighs> I'm gonna try and ignore it for the time being uh moving from 69 kg and then upwards you say it was a struggle to put on weight did you no, say no, or was um, it easy to put on weight is what you were trying to refer to or well I definitely felt undersized when I came back from Japan okay. so I struggled a bit with people that were just very physical like because it was as I said, the purple belt was still fairly rare. Uh, mm -hmm. And I also had no money. So I did a couple of sessions at Alex's, but I literally couldn't afford it. So I was doing judo, because judo is dead cheap. And then, because I was living quite far away as well, I started running little classes. But it was more like just open sparring. I was looking for other people to spar with. And if, with. <laughs> yeah, and then Jeff, Jeff came, and he bought a guy called Magic came, a Polish guy. And they were fucking so good and I and very strong and very, you know, MMA backgrounds or judo backgrounds. Yeah. So I was struggling and I, I felt like I needed to get a bit bigger, but I didn't, it wasn't through training or any type of eating regime. I think just eating like chips and fucking shit English food, I just got a bit bigger. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And so did you find that your weight gradually put on? Was it something you were monitoring as time went on or was it just the fact you realized your strength was picking up? How did you sort of like realize that, oh, I'm doing, it seems to be working. So you've you got to have a, a cause to then try and solve it if you see Yeah, that. yeah. No, what I definitely sorry. noticed that I felt less um, kind of, what's the word? It just felt I felt a lot safer, yeah, a bit thicker, you know, yeah. with a little bit more weight, um, and then I sort of dabbled with some strength training, but that's that's probably my biggest regret is not taking that seriously early, you know, mm. because people say it's like a suit of armor, isn't it, that you put on, you know. If you're gonna go, you can't just go to jujitsu and smash your bones against people all day long, and then. No go home and sit down and then go back and do it the next day. Like you have to do something to yeah. keep yourself safe. So. I think it's nice for you to say that as well, especially as, as things are evolving within this jujitsu world that we live in is the fact that we need to start taking into consideration some strength training. We need consideration, obviously, our nutrition, our well-being, and stuff. Actually, obviously, you're sporting a good old whoop band as well. We've got one here. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm doubled I up. I've got thing. Apple and oh, the Yeah, this Super. is a new addition. I've, I've literally only got mine three weeks ago. I think oh, it was yeah, about the same so, as me then. Yeah, and it, I was wait. I was simply just waiting for them to get the armbands in yeah. for rolling, and it just literally just took forever. You, you guys are late on the curve. I had my whoop about three years ago. Yeah. I, had, I was an early adopter of whoop 3.0. Loved it. Not yeah. wearing it now though. I'm not, no. Um, I don't like the pay model. I don't yeah. like paying monthly. That's yeah. the only gripe I have of it. Everything else is fantastic. Just... The data dump you get is insanely helpful. I'm not telling people to get Whoop. I'm just saying. They are good. It's, it's good. Sponsor us, please. Yeah, Someone no. used my referral code and they're like, oh, here's this. Person. And I was like, who's Alice? I'm like, I've got no idea. I'm not having to put on my stories. Like, Alice, <laughs> thanks for referring me or using my code, but I don't know who you are. <laughs> Like, is it a, maybe it's a marketing ploy to encourage me? Like, oh, someone's referred me. It's referred someone else type thing. But um, no. Do you again, know why that is? Why? Every time you refer a person, you get a month free. Yeah. Yeah, but I've already paid for the year up front. So, right? yeah, but think about this. If you're a bit monthly and you refer 12 people, that's your year paid up. All right, guys, yeah, I'll send out my whoop number yeah. in the description. Oh, yeah, I, there I we go. We'll get Matt's one in the uh, in the below and everyone yeah. can just sign up to it. We'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll, I imagine you'll probably get way more referrals. You have like a five year. <laughs> You have five-year referrals, like basically sorted for the rest of your life. Yeah. Um, so, with the strength increase and obviously training and stuff like that, was good. Did you always comp what? What weight did you compete at of interest? Then was when? It, um, when you were back in the UK, I think I went through a period of lightweight, which is seventy-six. Yeah, um, and then that became harder to 
meet, and now I'm like 80, 81. Okay. So that is what's that? Middleweight. Eighty four is the limit, is it? Eighty. Yeah, eighty five. So that would be medium. Yeah. yeah, middleweight. I think. Yeah, middleweight. That's the one. So, how have you found that transition from the lighter guys to sort of again heavier guys? Again, you felt that as a bit of a change. I appreciate obviously you said you said you competed loads no. and stuff, but I can. Well, I, I I go to the you know I go I train every week, so yeah. I'm familiar with it. Um, I probably feel now that uh, stronger than I've ever felt, and um, uh, yeah, I, I there's there's a couple of people who are like ridiculously strong, and I can feel that I'm going to lose that game mm. with them. But on average, I don't feel weaker than other people like I used to. Nice. And again, obviously, with the, the the weight gain that you had from there, was there, again, any intentions with that? Or was it again, just natural from just natural. there? Natural. Yeah. And do you think that's anything to do with your lifestyle? Obviously, starting up Scramble, starting up other companies, family, kids, all that type of stuff. Do you think anything is... No, all- I think I was probably artificially low in weight in Japan because I was working so hard, yeah. cycling everywhere, training a lot, sweating a lot, and eating, you know, slightly healthier food. Mm. I think that, that brought me down below probably what my baseline Would should have been. Have been. Yeah. And then I've just naturally, as I've got older, put on a bit of weight and I yeah. do a little bit more training now. So It's interesting to see about environments. There was a study done with an individual who lived in different countries. And for people who aren't really aware about this, is again, not sound cliched with the how your environment, who you surround yourself with type of thing. But it was interesting to see the differences in terms of what food groups they were going for, their movement patterns, their sleep quality, their recovery and stuff like this. Oh, and, yeah. It's... And it was all based on the cities that they went around. And they said that the sleep quality reduced when they, he lived in Spain because of the, sight, the sunlight hours and that type of stuff. Uh, step count went through the roof when he was in living in London. Yep. Went to Dubai, his fruit and veg content went down because the price of it is just extortionate. Mm. And it's just interesting to see that, again, as you kind of mentioned, it definitely there, makes an that impact, yeah. you being in a different country, obviously, had that all together. Um, interesting enough, then, Australia to UK, then, was there much difference, obviously, in food choices there? I know, obviously, there's that joke of, like, Tam Tams and, like, Veggie Mart and all that type of <laughs> Tim stuff. Tams. Tim Tams, that's the one. Yeah. Did you feel like there was much difference over there at all? Or? I, I was just a, a young idiot when I lived in Australia. I, I got no idea. I was just drinking beer and, like, eating <laughs> burgers just by. constantly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no idea. Heard it here first. Unathletic brand. Yeah. <laughs> eat burgers, drink drink some beer. Well, we released a scramble t-shirt that said, train hard, eat burgers. Sold out. It was well popular. <laughs> it was it. a collaborative with a with a burger restaurant in in uh, Kobe. Really? <laughs> love that, love that. That's really really cool. Yeah. Um, I want to dive into a little bit, obviously, with you running Polaris or to helping the Polaris and all that type of stuff with, with that. What's it been like in terms of seeing the athletes' weights? In terms of obviously, I'm not asking asking for names or like mm-hmm. any horrific sort of stories, but how's that been? Is has every athlete made weight absolutely fine, or has there no. always been some hiccups and stuff? Yeah, there has been. So. We, um, nothing major, but we really discourage it now. Like, we'll ask people, what's your weight? And if, you know, sometimes you go, this guy's 80, this guy's 80, and they sign a contract at 72. It's like, what's the fucking point? You're both going to do that and then go straight back up. So sometimes you try and find somewhere in the middle or, but we've had a couple of women. I'm, oh yeah, I won't say who, but one, she was delirious absolutely delirious and she really? was messaging us at like 8am can I weigh in and <laughs> I was like fuck yeah quick you know um, Gary Turnham was a bad one yeah he when he fought Imanari he was desperate to fight Imanari and we were like Imanari's 
you know, this big and weighs 50 something, yeah, no, 60 something kilos. And he was like, yeah, I'll do it. And uh, <laughs> he got on the scales, was still quite far off. And we didn't know what to do because he looked bad. Yeah. And uh, he was like, fuck it, I'll make the weight. You know, we're like, oh, okay. <laughs> and he, I think he put a bin bag on and started running around uh, the block. <laughs> the worst thing is, one of the other one of the guys that was working for us picked up the scales and dropped them and they sort of went eh. and it looked like they weren't going to work and like i i couldn't handle the stress because gary was killing himself to make the weight and it yeah. looked like the scales had broken <laughs> i just left the room i was like no i can't handle this i couldn't think of anything worse and, and it started showing weird weights <laughs> like gary you've weighed it at 30 yeah, kilograms yeah and, <laughs> that, <laughs> that and, and imanari just kept put, sticking his head in like just okay. he's going he's going to make the way isn't he we're like yeah will you accept any sort no <laughs> very stoic yeah. just like he's agreed this uh, oh gosh did Gary make the way in the end or yeah yeah, that's yeah. Not too but bad. it was unpleasant uh, Nathan Orchard's also cut about nine kilos in the the week of um, uh, what's his name Pal Harris cut a fuckload of weight yeah he, I went to see him in the hotel room he was just lying on the bed like covered in towels just like in a coma so I just I, but I hate it I yeah. hate watching it I think well from your experience and obviously from running the shows do you feel like the weight cutting experience has like evolved a bit more since obviously from or do you think it's still been as things are developing you look at the the UFC and other sort of individuals who are trying to level up people's games in terms of how to do things properly right obviously myself being a big advocate of the fact that the water cutting phase is like the last, last thing we go to rather than you go to your local Bournemouth and you see people running around with sweat bags. I'm like, mm. you should have done way more to do this type of thing. But do you think it's got better? I'm just, I'm just trying to think. <clears throat> There's a couple of people that have done it and seemed fairly happy and healthy. Um, yeah, I still think overall, it's like what you were saying before, before we started recording. Yeah, people are just really, it's like bro science yeah. still. Hanging around, yeah. Still hanging around. No, it's, it's, I'm hoping, like I said, as more awareness of, of, of the topic comes around. It's not, I think, similar to, again, other industries where I, we talked about, again, hate to refer back to bodybuilding, so I'm a little bit anti it. So as I say, abs don't sub people, all this type of stuff, doing a little pristine, etc. If you take back sort of 10 years ago, right, the word steroid out of like the uh, bodybuilding world, right, they would not... St- say a single thing about it, right? And then only, I think, later this year, earlier this year, Phil Heath, obviously Mr. Olympia, came out. So this is the steroid cycle I was taking. And it now seems to be quite open and more talked about, which is nice. It's not this deep, dark secret everyone knew. It seems to be that within the weight-cutting world, within MMA, within jiu-jitsu, now we've got a few more day-before-weighing setups, there seems to be this aura of like, oh, we don't talk about this. Uh, mm. This is a deep, dark secret. And it's the case of, well, actually, the more deep, dark secret we keep it, the more issues we're going to come up against and it's kind of the six safe sex talk of saying right let's just talk about this what's I, going wrong i feel like the americans and the ufc fighters are at the cutting edge surely of weight cutting yeah we got um, we got some good guys out there jordan sullivan the fight dietitian is one of oh, them yeah. really, really good um, I, still, I still probably disagree with it as a concept because especially when both fighters are doing it it's so it seems so pointless it's, mm. it's like who can who's slightly better at cutting weight. If they're both just touching that weight and then coming back up again, why not just fight it this way? Yeah, I think it's only when it comes to 
having that distinct advantage, we say, within certain weight categories, where obviously, again, we look at Connor going through, obviously, all the weight ranks and all that type of stuff, and then we looked like Skeletor when he was over. Yeah. Was it 135, was it, I think he was, obviously, back in the day when he first... Yeah, it looked terrible. Awful. Uh, and then, obviously, he's moved up from there. But I think you're very much right once you get to that. I think you even earn the right, should we say, at that level, if you're going on shows like Polaris, to kind of say, well, why, if we're both 80, why do we need to go through this, right? You're not going to, like, unless you're shitter at weight cutting the night, mm. and that's the mm. only advantage yeah. you're going to get here, type of thing. But looks like you're about to I was in. just going to ask, yeah, Matt, in terms of with Polaris, then with like weights and stuff, do you guys follow the IBJJF weight categories? Um, lately, it's more we follow MMA weight categories. So, yeah. Okay. MMA. Yeah. I didn't know if there was like, because I've seen like quite a few Polaris's now, um, and. The squads one I found really interesting. Squads is awesome because I was sat there going, "Oh man, the the weight differences between some of these people." And this is what me and Jay was saying on the drive up as well. Like, if you go to your local comp, you're you're worried, "Oh, that guy's gonna be like two kilos heavier yeah. or whatever." But if you're on the mats in an open mat, you're all of a hundred kilo guy. You yeah. don't care because you know him. If you're in squads. You know, some of the guys there, like GMRT against Dan Strauss, you're like, oh my god, that's a huge it's weight stuff difference. Stuff that you would never, never normally yeah, see. Yeah. yeah, and you know, going even further back for like, you know, the original Polaris when it was in Japan, when you guys did that, like mm-hmm. Dan Strauss against Sakuraba, and it just like that was quintet. The quintet, quintet sorry, yeah. Yeah, that's what I meant. And you're just like, that's a huge weight difference between yeah. the people. But it was quintet was spectacular. It's crazy. Like it's just. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like the weight categories really do hold some incredible matches back. If both yeah. fighters go, yeah, I'm cool to to roll, not problem. You know, that's they people get excited about liability. absolutes, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what we, we we want to see. Mikey Musumeshi take on the ultra, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Every time we want to see that happen and see him pull through somehow. But next, I uh, uh, know oh we already announced it. Next, Polaris is an absolute GP. You already got any native, well, not actually, that's not a position for that, but I imagine obviously there's been a lot of interest for that. Have you had many people sort of put their, put their car, well, hat in the ring for that already? Or Yes. Yeah, that'd be cool. Can't wait, can't wait to see how that The happens. contracts are out, so once they get signed, we can Ooh. start announcing them. See, I was going to ask, have, have they got to compete before, like the Invitational? We might, we, we, we might do, leave a spot open and do a, oh. do a, grom, do a uh, contenders, yeah. Oh, there we go. Imagine yeah. that, absolute oh, UK. That'd be... Yeah, let's do it. Cool, oh. pull up all the uh, all the big boys we can think of to come well, in. I think of Mark Rich straight away. Well, the, get the, him in there. <laughs> I think I think we're going to have to be selective because it's a it's thirty grand prize money. So um, I don't think we can just do kind of first come yeah. first serve whoever wants it. I think we'll probably get a load of applications and then choose the best. Yeah, I know. I know. Obviously, the Somerset Open we had recently, they had a qualifier for Enyo, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, for the female absolute in there, so that was obviously a nice little setup. But again, obviously, I don't know you guys do your own thing type thing. But no, we were talking to Simon about that yesterday, yeah. but we said no. But we're going to do it because we have we have Instagram subscribers, um, but it's a little bit quiet at the moment. But when we do contenders, we'll stream that for subscribers. That would be nice. nice. That'll be cool. Yeah. Really interesting. So yeah, head here first, guys. You may have the opportunity to yeah. Uh, yeah. get on the GP. <laughs> well, so. yeah, it's not guaranteed yet. It depends. It, you know, if, if like. You know, Craig Jones is like, hey, can I jump in that tournament? Then he's getting that spot. Yeah. <laughs> I can't really take fingers. <laughs> I can try and be as entertaining. I'll put on like, I, I don't know, I'll yeah, talk you, about you're, autism you're, and steroids as much as you want. Your, your, first, your first entry has to be, you have to have a cauliflower ear, at least uh, one, because uh, otherwise you don't get in. Uh, it's all good, it's all yeah. good. Um, 
where was I going next? I've forgotten my trail of thought there for a second. We're talking about weight categories and stuff. Any oh, reason why you category. went moved from again? Did you start with IBJJF, obviously, sort of weight categories and move on to MMA type of thing, or was there um, any reasoning behind it? Or yeah, there was. Yeah, a lot of the reason is because we're broadcast on UFC Fight Pass, right? I'm and with you. Um, we. Uh, like to entice MMA people over, so it's sure. the easy wake classes for them to um, understand. Understand, familiarize, yeah. And then I want to, I would like to clear something up because quite often we get loads of comments when we put somebody from the UFC, like somebody who's you know top of their game was a few years ago, still active. Why are you putting all these UFC guys in? It's like because we're fucking broadcast on UFC Fight Pass. <laughs> there's there's exactly. literally five million MMA fans or something like that on this yeah. network. So if we put a, an MMA guy in, yeah. they're going to watch it. Yeah. That's the end of it. And you know, but I got, the amount of comments you, we get questioning that. It's like there's one MMA guy on the entire card. You know, and everyone just goes in on it straight. As, as if we don't think about things, you know, we just go, let's just make these matches. As if, you know, <laughs> as if we don't put like hours and hours. I've of... seen the wheel. You literally just spin it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's like you know, touching on that, like Chris Weidman against oh, Livesey, Livesey. I always get Livesey. the last name wrong. Very Livesey. bad. Yeah, like fantastic match. Yeah. But people in the comments were moaning about it, and I'm like, what was oh, wrong with you? It was. A, it, I mean, it it could have not been a great match. There's always that risk. Mm. Yeah. But. Uh, Weidman brought it big yeah. time. He, he did not want to lose that. He, no. He, yeah. no. I think it was great to watch to see that, again, it wasn't a one-sided match. Again, it was nice to see that. It wasn't, uh, again, a complete stalemate. No. Which, again, uh, no offence to your show, I have been to some of those situations before. Oh, some absolute stinkers. And I'm just like, sure. okay. And then it's even more awkward seeing the other competitor try and like, hype up the crowd at the last minute. I'm like, this guy's been on your back for the whole thing and you've been defending and nothing's happened. This is just very, very fucking boring right now. Oh, it kills and me. Like, it yeah, kills it me. becomes a bit more of a snooker hall where it's like, yeah. oh, he's grabbed the left <laughs> wrist. <laughs> and I'm like, oh God. Especially if you bring your partner or something like that and they're like, what's going on? I'm like... <sighs> no, they, they kill... You, trust me, the, those matches kill me more than anyone in the audience. I'm yeah. just like, Okay. Yeah. He's swallowing me up. Some, I'm not yeah. here. <laughs> the, the Homer Simpson where he just walks backwards yeah. into the bush comes to me. That's the one. So that's, that's interesting, one. One, Matt. So like, out of all the matches that you guys like arrange, what's the one match that you've done that didn't go the way you thought it would? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. You don't have to name names, but is there any yeah, like big upset on. where you were like, oh my god, I can't believe it? Um, I'm gonna be a bit biased. I couldn't believe that. Pedro lost to Santori. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm obviously a big Pedro fan, but I know Santori's very, very, very good. Because I think we looked, and like, I think Santori owns the, the either the second or third biggest school in Spain where he is. Like, it's, yeah, it's huge. Yeah. It's, it's insane that like the Ilias, because I used to chat to um, Luke Barnett mm-hmm. quite a lot, who's based over there now, and um, like I was blown away by how big the school is. It's it's like vast it's very nice it's school. huge yeah and everything in there is like pristine and all like high tech as it could be but like yeah that was one match I was like oh man I'm really surprised yeah but yeah it's Santeri's that good though yeah yeah he um, is yeah. he is one of the best in Europe at that weight for sure yeah but yeah what, what was the match that you had that you were kind of like oh man that's not the result I thought it was going to go not off the top of my head I'm not sure I mean uh, the last Polaris 
I was wasn't actually there. I, I watched it online, and yeah, uh, it's the first time ever. Scandal! Yeah. Yeah. Scandal! Quick, everyone, bring your pitchforks. Yeah. <laughs> but it was interesting to watch it purely as a um, an observer. Must, I'm, I'm guessing from that point then that you watching it and seeing the whole thing would have been. Did you did you still pick up little details which you weren't quite happy? Yeah, yeah. Like, probably even more than what you probably yeah. realised or yeah, something I like did. that. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I mean it was good. I, mean, I think everyone always does a good job and everyone works really hard, mm. but uh, just not not being involved at all in the kind of the day before setup and the the event itself was like a, a fresh perspective, but. Um, uh, I thought Hunter versus Owen would have been more more exciting, but then in hindsight, actually it doesn't surprise me at all. But I mm. would have liked to have seen more um, from both of them. Like Owen's guard's so dangerous that Hunter would go in and out, yeah. and then mm. I think Hunter just likes to scrap. So he would have liked someone yeah. to at least attempt to stand up with him. So it was a shame because they both can be really exciting and really showcase amazing jujitsu and grappling, exactly. but they. Neither of them quite got to do that. Styles make matches. Yeah, yeah it, was, it, was, it was a really good match. Yeah, it was, like my my first live Polaris was um, squads, oh, yeah. and I which one? Um, no one in Southampton, the UK versus um, US. Yeah, and I was sat there and I was like, oh man, this is great! I can't nice. wait. And like I walked into Southampton Hall, I drove down there on my little one two five bike, which was it took me a very long time to get there, but it was so worth it. And um, man, like. I've got to appreciate the production value behind it. People don't know, mate. I was watching these camera guys with like the biggest rigs I have seen yeah. shouldered. And like they had the dedicated cable guy holding the cables behind them, rolling them out of the way yeah. for people, getting out of the way and stuff. That was just It's a full on, it's a TV broadcast. Yeah. It is. It's, it's crazy. Like and people don't, don't see that. No. But like you said, like from, because I've, I've watched it live, like as in at home and stuff, but going to see it you really appreciate like I'm glad everything said that. going on it's we, we, we want, yeah we want it we want the live experience to be really special so that people yeah. actually make the effort to come down and yeah. watch i need to get to an ics wales one that'll be my next one that was I the need last, to get one, to that last well. one i went to with um uh benson uh, benson henson mm-hmm. and damian meyer and then oh, they had a great one that yeah great and one. then they had the you usa for brazil Jealous. that yeah. was a oh that that was the probably the most extravagant show we've ever done. Yeah. It was it ridiculous, was fantastic! Like the match. team stuff was just incredible in terms of like the enthusiasm, and it was it was nice to see the teams as well, kind of get involved with the entertainment aspects of it. Where like I don't know, someone would fake walk up to the mat, and then someone would jump in the afterwards teams, or something yeah, like that. The, like, te- the teams is the best thing, and it, uh, it it was inspired by quintet. Ben and I went to watch the first quintet in mm. in Tokyo. And we were sat mat side. And honestly, we just we just looked at each other. We were like, "This is fucking unreal! Like, this is the best thing ever." Mm. You know. Um, but we didn't want to copy it. We spent ages discussing different ways to do team events. Like, we're still not there. We'll probably tweak the rules a little bit more. But we spent so long talking about it and talking about how uh, people make little tribes and teams and how that, that affects people's behaviour. Yep. You know, we said. We, I was researching it a little bit. I mean, you could put 10 people in a room and even just say, right, A, B, A, B, A, B, A, B. And suddenly they'll, they're the A's and there's the, they're the B's. Fuck the B's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's all it will be type thing. Now, like I said, it was a really good environment for it and stuff. Did the, was, it, was there a weight limit for the team out of interest? So it's four, four people under 75, four people under 95. 
Uh, okay, that's fine. And so where they kind of ride, then they, they can be they, anything, they can be yeah. Anything type. So that's interesting. Again, another environment which people aren't aware of. I've worked with is um, tug of war, right? Tug of war. They have to weigh in as a team. Yeah. Okay. And so they'll have like a team limit. So they have like I think quintet is that four hundred thirty kilos, yeah, four people. I think they had like six ten, six thirty, six forty type of thing. And they got day before weigh-ins as well. And so honestly, they have these massive set of scales, probably the size of this like mat, and they work. Like, oh, the whole team on it. Yeah, the whole team at the same time to sit on type of thing. Um, and then yeah, obviously it's very big in the, the Netherlands as well. So I think like one of the world champions there. But then locally where we're on Bristol, we've also got a world champion team there type really? of thing. But they're literally all farmers. It's, it's incredible to see yeah. that their setup is very simplistic, does the job, but it's, I don't know, probably like finding a garage mat somewhere and just rolling there and becoming a world champion out of it type of thing. But <clears throat> Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a bunch of weird sports that are big enough to say they have world champions. Yeah, exactly. That's why I know, when people, loads of people, very cynical, you know, people saying, mm, grappling will never be big, it'll never be. It's like, no, it, it will, because there's... Some of the dumbest sports you've ever seen are on like ESPN, Eurosport. Uh, what did they confirm this week? It was uh, slam, was it slam dunk ball or something? It was. It was like going Doesn't back on it. Like it was like, and you got trampoline on yeah. the basketball court. Like yeah, and and they're on. They're televised. They've got commentators. They've got fans. You know, it's like there's no way on earth you cannot sell two people grappling yeah. in front of an audience to the world. Like you, we we're just not quite there yet. With there's a few things in the industry and in the sport that still need to change. But um, yeah, it'll definitely, it's not getting any smaller. No, definitely. I think even if you refer back to like NASCAR, for example, right? One loop, people will sit there for a whole day and watch the cars move round. And I I appreciate some tactics behind it in terms of where your teammates positioned and stuff like that. Like there's some uh, I'm, I'm known as kind of one of my friend groups like highlight reel I like watching highlights of stuff yeah. I can't sit and watch a whole Formula 1 for example show, uh, me, I, show me the crashes show me the overtakes yeah. I'm all good in that type of stuff But they, they all used to watch F1 in the office in the scramble office and I would just I just I was like oh is this the bit where they where they go around the corner yeah Oh, uh, they just drive and they go around the corner. <laughs> yeah, so I, I like my cars. I'm a bit of a petrol head myself, type of thing, which is fine. And I, we, I made a well, not a mistake. I had the enjoyment of going to Isle of Man last year, not to watch the TT. It was like another ver- it's like slightly smaller CC version of it. And uh, yeah, sat there for three hours to watch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then you see all the car- all the bikes go past, and it's like. Cool, we've got another like 20 minutes before they come back around again and do exactly and you couldn't move on the island either that was the other yeah. awkward thing they close it down so yeah. you can't go anywhere um but yeah you're very much right the sport is is evolving it is growing obviously it's great obviously we've got some good great people sort of backing it and so on which is good i would like to see your stance on this apologies if this is awkward about this with the pothole obviously as well hmm. the testing at the moment because we've got an argument to say that ibjjf obviously are testing obviously certain people at the moment you've got good old adcc who are just like do whatever the fuck you want type they of deliver thing. the steroids right. with the contract yeah probably right <laughs> <laughs> unfold the back of the paper like oh that's fine with a little present in the bottom of the box um what's your sort of thoughts on it in terms of i appreciate obviously polaris i don't know if you guys test at all or if nope. you did or ever considered it or no because we you know, like, never really saw ourselves... Well, I guess we did, you know, we had hopes that we would be a big event, but mm. suddenly it's like, oh, fuck, like, this is one of the biggest events in the world. Yeah. You know, we probably do have a responsibility to do this stuff. I, I'm actually... I think it... I, I don't like the use of steroids. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that people that are at the 
top of the sport now that are taking steroids. They're desperately trying to normalize it. And, uh, oh, it's like taking vitamins. I, you know, it's, uh, it's just an advantage that I need. Everyone else is doing it. I'm against it yeah. myself. Okay. Um, but like, I, so we have an unofficial policy. We keep thinking about announcing it, but we, we don't really, we, we will not um, have anyone on the show that's serving any kind of ban with another organization like WADA, okay. USADA. Yeah. We just, we're, we're like honoring those bands. Sure. So that, like right now it's uh, Wagner and Cyborg, those guys. Mickey as well. Yeah, Mickey Galvao. Mickey Galvao. Yeah, I don't so, know, he, there's some controversy with that because he like started his band pre- Well, hilariously, you know, stuff. he said I had low testosterone, but, um, and then it turns out that like the Rotollas have really low testosterone. And basically if you're training seven days a week, you probably have low test. Yeah, so they, they in IBJJF, they backdate your ban yeah, it's your, the testing um, date. Yeah, your testing date for stuff. The, the, so, thing, the, the thing is, yeah, it's uh, it's just really expensive, and we oh, it's would about a thousand pound a test. I think, yeah, I remember reading somewhere or a thousand dollars roughly. But we we would also lose loads of athletes immediately. So you know, Polaris is um, we run it like a business, so it has to have because sure. you know, talking plainly, most of the other organisations have billionaire backers that are just writing infinite checks and we don't so for us to do something like that it would we would lose a bunch of athletes there and a lot of the athletes with the biggest appeal are probably on steroids so there would be like a dip Mm. where we'd have to replace it it feels like the right thing to do but i just got no idea how to go around it's a really tricky thing because there's other things that you can try and put into place in terms of this not even Probably uh, one thing they do for boxing and weight cuts, for example, they do a pre-weight cut check. And so what it, and they thought, oh, great, well, if they're not doing too much before, then that's fine, it will help them. And what it basically transpired was two weight cuts in the space of like six weeks. Right. And so they yes. were then dropping weight to make the appropriate percentage and then going, all right, well, I'll go back a little bit now and then I'll go and do even more yeah. again type thing. And it's the same thing with the testing procedures. It's frustrating to see that where you've got such big federations with the financial backing behind them that none of them IBJJF to some degree are taking a little bit of a stance on it but even then it's still very vague it's still not as clean as them like right you've now tested positive you're now banned for two years and then there's then they just go okay I'll just go and do a load of pro shows elsewhere and this is the other argument I said to some other people was that in terms of marketing yourself and making yourself into a business, as obviously a lot of these athletes have to do nowadays, obviously with the lack of financial support within the, within the um, industry, where are you going to get more eyes on you? And this is something we've brought up with other podcasters before, and in terms of like, you go into an IBJJF event, unless it's the world, and you win or you get the highlight reel, right? You don't get much, much clout at all in the slightest bit. Go and win a sub only, like a Polaris show, you guys are going to give them more media coverage, more eyes on them. Yeah. Even if they lost, for example, yeah, you, yeah. they're still going to have that going. We have, we have the best media in the game. Shout out Mikey and the Grapple Club. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and it, it, you know, sometimes it feels like it's backwards because they're paying the IBJJF, they're flying themselves over, they're losing in the first round, and then they come to us and we offer them a match and we're like, yeah, we'll give you X amount of money. They're like, no, I need more. Oh yeah, that's funny. Because last week you literally paid like Carlos Gracie Jr. the honor of losing, mm. <laughs> and now it's, like see, it's funny because I only found out recently because of Jed's injury that yeah, which was awesome, Polaris yeah. will help you get 
the care you need is you get injured. Yeah. And I know UFC have recently started the like UFC healthcare, where if you get injured in a match, they do help you go towards like doctors and stuff. They've only like just put it out. I, I don't know how loose the terms are, but I think it's if you're like on the main card, you then get looked after. Polaris is bottom up. It's a tricky one you know though, I mean? without the, well, the UFC guys, I was going to say, because if you get choked out, for example, it's an mm. instant six month suspension from fighting. Yeah. So some of the guys will uh, say, oh, I tapped yeah. because I didn't want to. I think Kamara Usman was known for tapping yeah. because he was like, oh, I wouldn't have tapped. I've just gone out to sleep, but I don't want the six month suspension. I can't afford it. But yeah, yeah, it, yeah it's a bit tricky. So it's probably easier over here than it is elsewhere. But yeah, it's uh, still like, that's great. Yeah. To know that you look after athletes, regardless of where they come from, is fantastic. Well, we, yeah, I mean, it's not, that's the first time we've ever done that because, I mean, we live in a country with free healthcare. That's also another reason why, yep. you, you know, UFC might have to up their game a bit because if somebody breaks their leg in the yes. UFC, then they're <laughs> fucked for the rest of their life, unless they have insurance. Um, but that was like, Jed's one of the athletes that we've signed that you know we give a, a little bit of extra attention to because he he put all his eggs in our basket so mm. we, we want to look after him and he also wanted to get a scan quicker than the nhs could give it to him so yeah he just said can you guys help out and we said yes um but we we pay everyone on the card from top to bottom which i thought was a no-brainer mm. but i now i hear most of the other shows don't pay or pay like yeah or they just don't pay which mm. blows my mind really yeah. Um, uh, yeah, we try did, and do everything. Did you do that from the first show onwards, pay everyone? Yeah, that's right literally the point of a professional event as opposed to an amateur event. Okay. If it's an amateur event, you're paying yep. to play. And if it's a professional event, you're being invited and you're being paid. Okay. Otherwise, you can't have the word professional in there. No, that's fair. That's fair. Um, no, just again, interesting seeing obviously your sort of stance on that and everything. And like I said, obviously, I know there's lots of shows out there at the moment, obviously, looking to go up, obviously, through the ranks and obviously involve themselves and stuff like this, so which is good. And I know, obviously, some of them are up in their game, obviously, to do that. But at the same time, likewise, it's obviously good to see that you're taking consideration the athletes, obviously, their health and stuff and their well-being. And even from the pre-fight stage of sort of the weight cuts, they've been saying, right, okay, fine, we're going to try and match you guys out of the way. Um, how's that been in terms of like having that conversation saying guys I didn't even touched on it and saying like oh they're coming from 80 to 72 have it always been the case of oh no we'll just drop weight or has anyone actually sort of had that light bulb moment going oh yeah he's actually speaking sensitive yeah sometimes there's like there's a catch weight agreement sometimes sometimes people are not honest with us about how much weight they have to cut <laughs> yeah <laughs> can you send me a profile picture quickly yeah nah you ain't you ain't, uh, you ain't 70 you're more like 90 yeah. so it's, uh... it's a bit all over the place still but it, you know we'll say this is the agreed weight can you make that comfortably they say yeah it's fine no problem um, and that's why if they so if someone says oh it might be a bit tricky I'm this or you know sometimes we won't even make the match um, if it seems like you know we had this good idea but actually you're too big we'll just can it, it early. speaking of which was there any matches that you didn't get to put out because there's too much of a weight difference you're like oh, I wish um, that happened still or we've had loads of women's matches that um, that never that don't work out okay and you know obviously we don't announce it because it doesn't work out and then we people go oh, haven't you got any women on we had like five really good matches and they all fell through that we never announced but you know oh, obviously ADCC announced the new weight category for women and obviously it it, it was interesting because it started off with like yay this is amazing and then the narrative kind of flipped and it said all again speaking to another nutritionist Lindsay obviously shout out to her the female fight nutritionist her argument was that why is the stigma that they have to women have to be lighter 
And I was like, okay, I see your point completely. And it's then trying to, I feel from my perspective that when competitors see that they have to go up a weight bracket and there's a massive disparity in their weight, that is going to then turn people off in terms of entering the event mm-hmm. in the first place, especially as you get through the heavier ranks and also you've got bigger jumps. I, I fall on the cusp of being super heavy. I don't want to touch ultra heavy because I don't want to come up against a oh, 140 yeah. kilogram rugby league mm. unit type thing or against something else like that. And I'd hate to think, obviously, again, the women who are, I don't know, we spoke to Ashley Bendel, I think, obviously, photo around at 57. So, obviously, when the news came out, I was messaging, like, go and smash your mate, really looking forward to obviously seeing you compete there. Um, but she's having to used to fighting 65 this whole time. And so, I'm like, we've got to celebrate that, obviously, that miniature win, and then hopefully let it progress. And I think, obviously, we concluded that they just need more weight categories in there. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> they they put in a lower weight category, which is awesome, because there was definitely a lot of girls that, was, that were struggling at the higher weight mm. so it used to be 60 or 65 i think it was 65 it was under 60 and now over 60 and there were loads of like 50 kilo girls that were struggling at the under yeah. 60 but yeah they should have put in an upper limit because that's i think people were more upset just seeing gabby garcia hulk smash everyone that yeah. was the that was the, the the thing that was like oh when you're watching this is a professional sport and she's just going like, <laughs> Yeah. Other than um, Craig Jones is rubbing his hand. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> or Jacob Couch, we're still rooting for you, mate. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, I, I agree. If they, if they had sat down and said, hey, we're discussing women's weights right now, they should have taken that moment to also go, let's put a cap on the upper end. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So um, just to clarify, the, the weight limits now are plus 65, under 65, and under 55. I thought it was 65. No, yeah. there's definitely three categories. That's that's three oh. that, that they've oh, got yeah. here, yeah. So it's minus 55 is the new one, then it's minus 65, minus 60, plus yeah, 65, probably. sorry. Yeah. So, so you, yeah, yeah, Gabby would be in plus 65, plus, plus 100. Yeah. I think I don't even know what Gabby Garcia's weight was when she was competing. I think it was pretty high. Mm. Like I think over. I mean, I'm. It was creeping up to hundred. I'm, I'm sure. eighty five. I'm pretty sure more. she's like uh, yeah, ninety, ninety eight, ninety nine. you obviously there's no testing obviously within it as well. So you've got no you, anyone's limits is depending on how much they're going to put. There's only one yeah. person who knows if she's on steroids, and that's Craig Jones. <laughs> they're very close, him. I hear. Yeah, very close. Um, <laughs> So yeah, it's, it's, it's good to hear, obviously, that news type of thing. And I think, again, obviously, I know you guys want to try and obviously put more females on the show. Obviously, obviously the last one, obviously, where you had pretty much every single major female on there, which was... It was amazing. It was a really good event. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a touchy subject. People, are, people have very strong opinions about it and then about um, these kinds of issues. I feel like we do our best to... Well, what did I say when I originally... Basically, we, we, we would like to contribute to growing um, women in the sport mm. at a sustainable rate that doesn't um, potentially, you know... Because we're... It's not the easiest kind of uh, industry in the world to make money in, mm-hmm. pro jiu-jitsu events. Yeah. I've said that before, and then people go, oh, what, so if you put women on, instantly the event's going to fail. It's like, no. No. But look, it's just, it's just a numbers game. Yeah. This, this is the tricky thing in the yeah. sense that you don't want athletes. It's a two-way relationship, right? You could get on, I don't know, the guy from Siberia who is a 100-0 type thing and is absolutely monster of a person, right? But if no one knows who they are... Exactly. 
why on earth are they going to turn unless you've got like, you'd have to have your dance partner like Craig Jones or someone else who's going to make it and, and potentially even promote the other person without them knowing it's, I think it's the same thing you see with a lot of fights sometimes you have a guy who's happy to promote the show understands the game and the other person is just stoic the whole time Right, I was like, Jesus told me to do this or something like this, yeah. and you're just like, okay, right, okay, and, and you can just see you, and then the media like build It's all up. about personalities. Yeah, it is. and um, it's entertainment, and women, women, uh, for the most part, are incredibly entertaining, amazing jujitsu. Definitely don't dispute that. I train with with loads of women. Respect uh, their dedication, enthusiasm, skill, ability. Mm. Um, but we have to cater to the biggest audience possible. Um, I mean, even saying stuff like that is sometimes controversial. You know, know. Even, even the merest hint that the audience might swing one way or the other, people get upset yeah, about. I, I, think I, got, I got tons of like fly. nasty messages. Uh, so I had to say, like, hang on a minute. And there's, there's loads of things that go on behind the scenes that people never see. Mm. Matches made, like headline matches with big, big female names that fall through through no fault of our own that yeah. we'd never even get. Well, sometimes they do get announced. No. Um, I feel confident in saying that we are doing our best to contribute. Yes. Um, we did the Women's Grand Prix, which was amazing. The last show had loads of good good female matches on. Anyway, with Enyo and stuff, obviously we have the, we have the joys obviously of going to meet um, Lindsay. will be down there at the Female Fight Nutritionist. So looking forward obviously to watching the show down there, which will be really good. Again, obviously it's good to obviously just be uplifting the sport in many ways and getting more people involved with it, which is obviously what we want at the end of the day. Um, I have a couple of questions after doing a little bit of stalking through your Instagram. I <laughs> uh, hope you don't mind. So, First of all, did you ever get the Mustang that you uh, you put a picture up, I think, many, many years ago? And I was like, did he actually get the chance to get a Mustang at any point? I think oh, he had, like, a Mustang. It was like a silver Mustang. I think it was like Dream Car or something like this. And I was like, oh. Maybe that was when me and Ben, I think we rented one in America. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I put a fake, I put, I put one out, I stood in front of a Ferrari. Yes. And I was like. <laughs> we, were, we were waiting <laughs> to see the Ferrari up front. I was like, where's it? I, I, I wrote like, something like, thanks, Bitcoin. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and then I got loads. Of, oh, you deserve it, bro. I was like, <laughs> as if I'm gonna buy a fucking. Frog. You should have put. You should have put like a little link on there to come and join my uh, hustlers university. Uh, <laughs> but I started to think like that's how easy it is to to pull the wool over people's eyes. Yeah. Oh, um, now we did. We've we've rented Mustangs a couple of times on business trips to America. And, yeah. Uh, I got a. <laughs> I got a speeding ticket in one, and that was very scary. Yeah, yeah, because the American police were particularly trigger happy at that time. And uh, this car was following me, and I—it was like we were driving from Vegas to LA. Yep. And it was like an empty highway, one or two cars, and I, you know, I was—it's—it's—it's uh, it's, it's America, so it's the other way around. So you know, the fast lane is not on the right now; it's on the left. So I was sort of changing lanes. Oh, I need to overtake this guy. Oh shit! I've gone. Basically, I undertook. And then boop, 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 behind us, I was like, oh, shit. And he... Oh, oh, oh drop this. <laughs> yeah, it was a classic, like, fat guy with his thumbs hooked in his belt. But then he noticed that we were, you're foreign. Yeah, oh, God. You know, like he just gave us a warning. Police, yeah, ex- it was yeah. exactly like that. I was like, yes, officer. <laughs> <laughs> you ever seen a gun before? <laughs> yeah. I want to see the amount of videos coming out of that type of stuff at the moment. It's horrific. I think I saw one yesterday of a guy, um, he was a black soldier. And he's there like, what have I done wrong? Uh, and they're no, like, just, get out of the car. And they're like, no. what have I done wrong? And he's like, hands are out. It's like, guys, CS gassed him and all this type Must of stuff. Must be an absolute like, nightmare. I like, can't imagine it. They're so trigger happy. Well, I mean, it gets, 
it, it gets shared a lot on social media. However, there are statistics that say there's like 3 million police and public interactions a year. And obviously the ones that go wrong are tragic, but... Um, mm. But then again, the viral stuff that you see in the life in London is like, oh yeah, you're going to London, you get stabbed. And it's like, well, it's not as clean cut as that, <laughs> if I'm honest, right? It depends, like I said, on the situation itself, what, where the environment you're in, that type of thing, right? Well, obviously, my, my own sister works for um, <laughs> Ralph Lauren, that type of thing, and like goes on the tra transport every day. And she says that, you can put yourself in, in situations that would lead you to getting stabbed, right, quite yeah. easily. And so you've got to have your wits about you to some degree. And kind yeah, of the, like, yeah, right. the, the fear-mongering is just ridiculous. Yeah, so. Yeah, you say that, but Matt, didn't you post in your story the other day of uh, asking, yeah, asking for directions in London, the guy just slices just, this dummy to pieces. It's amazing. <laughs> it's so it, good. To be, to be honest, every time we told anyone, they said, where's the next Polaris? Croydon. <laughs> Sorry, Croydon. <laughs> oh God, it's not going to be a Hammersmith Apollo or anything else, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, oh, maybe I, should, I don't know if I should say that. Yeah, it was. Uh, we we were considering. We thought London would be really hungry to have Polaris back, but mm. uh, we thought we would be like busting at the seams in terms of tickets. We still did well, but it didn't. It wasn't as um, busy as we thought it would be. Yeah, like Doncaster was unreal yeah completely full sold out you know tickets sold real quick yeah i think that's one of the biggest things i think the jiu-jitsu community or any other sort of sporting community can struggle with sometimes is that when you're putting on a show there's an element of like entertainment i'd appreciate you're not walking around like vince mcmahon type thing and like no, we're, money no we're, we're fairly low-key yeah and so i think that's where people sometimes will lose out on that understanding if you had a load of people who are just completely silence, stoic, didn't say a word, and like I said, obviously, oh, I'm here because of Jesus type of thing, then all of a sudden it's not going to sell as many tickets. No, no. And that's the thing that people don't realise, that there is a business behind this still. There is an yeah. entertainment factor. that all of us want to have great matches, yeah. right? And even you guys in the position where you want to put the best matches on, you could still end up with a stalemate. Yeah. And, and that's, the, the, like, I hate to say this, obviously, Damien Minor, but Benson Henderson, unfortunately, the match was a little bit stalemate-ish. Yeah, and also we allowed, like, Damien requested 20 minutes, and we were like, yes, if, you know, whatever you say, sir, because it was Damien Meyer. But then in hindsight, like, no, why? Why? Do we... Yeah, no. Because, like, uh, even towards the end of the match, Benson was jumping around, trying to get the crowd going, all this type of stuff. I, th I felt sorry for him. It was an awkward moment where he was like, everyone who likes jiu-jitsu say, yeah, everyone, yeah, it's like, wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't forget we're in Wales <laughs> um, so no it makes no there, there's a uh, literally a handful of people that you can depend on to deliver excitement in every match yeah yeah which is good and like I said it's the entertainment factor when it comes to it um, I know obviously there's been some other questions that we've had come in Tom haven't we is that right sorry I was fucking scrolling through the questions to look through them yeah we got a couple of questions um there's a few here and there. So, uh, what am I going to go for? Cool. So, first one is, what was the best Polaris match and why was it Dequino versus Tonin? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that. I was going <laughs> to say that. I always say that. I was trying to think of another one. Yeah, Gary Tonin versus, versus Tokino was iconic, mm. for sure. And uh, I think it's sitting at like two and a half million views or something on YouTube. Well deserved, obviously, mm. yeah. And it was a fantastic match point. It was so the, the build-up to it as well was good. I was nervous about it. 
because Tokinho at the time was like a notorious, notoriously dangerous grappler. <clears throat> I don't know if you remember, like, even from the beginning, we did really good uh, preview shows, like prologues. Mm-hmm. Gary Turner did some really funny stuff. I need to go back and watch them, actually, because I think, I think, I'm sure there's tons of stuff that people now haven't seen. Oh, you know, okay. we've done stuff with Gary, we've done Eddie Cummings, we've done Dylan Dennis, we followed him around New York. Like, Is he coming back, Dylan Dennis? Uh, we did speak to him a fair bit on the last one, but I don't know. He's, he... it's, it's quite funny because we're in a different world at the same time, right? Or different area of the country. Obviously, we were um, doing our first podcast with Shane and we said about how, like, oh, what, what matchup would you like or something like this? And it was something like, oh, I loved, uh, what, was, uh, what, was the, what was the match? It was something like, like what was the question? Sorry, fucking, I don't know what the fuck I was going on there. Um, so you asked what? Shane who you'd rather go in a match with, Craig Jones or Dylan Dennis. That was and he, it. He, and he immediately said, went, oh, oh, Dylan Dennis, 100%. Dylan Dennis, I would absolutely enjoy it. Yeah. And then the following day, obviously, you guys obviously piped up about Dylan Dennis type thing. Yeah. We're like, oh, God. And like Shane was like, yeah, put me on it. And we were like, yeah, The Shane, amount of comments go, go. on there saying Shane Gertis. Shane Gertis, get him in there straight away. Yeah, Dylan was very particular about who you know, what kind of person he would compete against. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's fine. That makes sense. It's, uh, he's, with yeah. the people he's surrounded with, there's always, there's always caveats with different stuff. And oh, it's so it's like, difficult. Must be this person at this weight at this time and probably something They have like, to be really famous and shit at jiu-jitsu. <laughs> <laughs> Jake Paul? <Yeah. laughs> oh man, the amount of viewers that Actually, would bring that's, in. that's a good, but do you think there's going to be a bit more celebrity jiu-jitsu stuff coming up in the future with the fact that a lot of them are jumping into boxing? And I appreciate, obviously, with your jiu-jitsu that it takes some time to learn the sort of techniques and stuff, but with, again, Elon and Zuckerberg coming about, do you th- when's jiu-jitsu time going to come up with this, or do you think it's going to be, no, this is, too jiu- this is just too wacky, this ain't going to happen? Yeah, it could do. I don't know if Polaris would be the one to do it. I would like to, but um, those boxing ones are fueled by money, entirely by money. So um, you'd need millions of dollars on the table, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So until obviously someone from that backing is going to be in there, it's not necessarily going to Yeah. Happen. I mean, Mo could probably put some crazy celebrity grappling on. Uh, we, I don't know, speak to Tom Hardy every now and then. Know people that know... Um, <laughs> Russell Brand that could be a good match yeah I don't know I've got, I, again, Ru- Russell's purple belt now is he purple yeah he's still purple and Tom's just got his Tom's a, probably a sandbagging purple belt yeah, yeah. probably annihilate Russell yeah. Brand because I, I saw Tom's last comp that he did mm. um, where he faked the level change and double leg the guy and I was like oh man that was so yeah, good yeah he takes it's it so super good. seriously I think. yeah like, I bet he genuinely does really good. yeah it'd be interesting there's definitely a few different people yeah Ricky Bell see what he's saying because he, he seems to know him quite well doesn't he Ricky Bell yeah, yeah. and obviously no, we've got Big Nasty on the scene as well he's yeah a blue belt. I have seen that yeah, like, to be fair one. like I don't see it it's like um, James Smith was saying about um, what's he called what was the name of the guy that was doing loads of stuff Joe Joe Wicks Joe Wicks mm-hmm. yeah your, your face says it all like I I was like this is full of shit and I looked at the guy debunking him and basically just like it's all German volumetric training and I've stuff got, I've got but, no problem with Joe Wicks it's the problem is is that there's an element of trends around this right yeah. there's, 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 I don't know if they've been taken now there's videos of him saying calories don't count it's a load of fucking bullshit science I'm like <laughs> 
Hmm. Ah, okay, cool. That's just that's just like saying the sun doesn't that's produce sun, like, doesn't produce light for whatever reason, and just yeah, that that's a frustration. And then obviously you did a complete U turn, and obviously that, and it's all based on his overall brand and image and trying to make things. Well, this this is the thing. The video was saying is Joe Wicks actually isn't a person. He is a brand. His yeah. name is something completely different. That's what the guy reckons, and all of his like stuff. Anyway, that's going off tangent. But point I was getting out with Joe Wicks is is. Even though his stuff is full of shit, he was getting a lot of people to get off the sofa. And yeah, we, so the argument yeah, is... Yeah, we did it in uh, lockdown, me and my yeah. family. Yeah, so the idea behind it is that, don't get me wrong, he is a grafter, he's putting in a lot of hard work. There's people. There's images of him obviously literally being on the tube station, like, trying, hey guys, I've got a free thing going at the park type thing, trying to do that. And so I give him credit where it's due. And a lot of the people obviously at that stage have been doing it 10 plus years behind that. It's like, again scramble yeah like i said again i'm sure you went up to countless obviously shows to obviously try and sell the merch and obviously do what you can um i imagine you could have done more you could have done less whatever you sort of preferences obviously and with that type of thing but i mean there is a slightly interesting story about that that i only ever made one cold call with scramble really yeah to made for fighters and <laughs> ask them to stock scramble and then since then everyone just comes to us they based in bristol originally back in the day I think yes. it's Milton Keynes. Oh, were well, they? Maybe. So, yeah, then they sold. I, I think they sold. So they were in Milton Keynes, and now they are based in um, Kingswood, down the road from us. So why do I feel like <laughs> There's Alfie... a warehouse down there. Hmm? Alfie is who was originally behind Made for Fires, is what? So you know Chosen Few now? Yeah. I, Alfie, I'm pretty sure, was involved either with Made for Fires or... Was there, was there an adjacent company to them, like a competitor or something like that? I can't remember. I don't know. Oh God, I'm pretty sure to, there's some there's some little that's link a tangent to have to have later about this because Alfie's got his own sort of bodybuilding brand now with called Chosen Few, doing fantastically well. But he was involved within the MMA community in terms of stocking everything like this, and then sold up basically, and then went into something that was a little could bit be. more. Could be. I'm pretty sure it is. I'm gonna break his legs. How has that come off a tangent of the best? <laughs> I don't know. We've gone way mm. far off that question. Sorry. No, it's not, mate. It's, it's all fine. It's, any content's content, you know? Yeah. That, is, that was the best match there, for sure. It well, was. Yeah, we've had loads of really, really good ones, but that was good. Mm. I was really looking forward to seeing Dan Strauss and Gio Martinez go, and, and Boogie as well. I really wanted to see him open up and go for it, but I really enjoyed Dan Strauss and John Blank. That was a great match when they were in squads. So good. Yeah. Um, Strauss and Boogie nothing much happened did it no not really I think they were just really trying to feel each other out I, I was I didn't realise how big Boogie was like yes. when he came on the mat but I was he, like holy shit he's massive. he took it really seriously though because we told yeah. him it was a 95 kilo limit and he was like awesome eat and lift for the next two months <laughs> love that love that taking yeah. it right he, on he is literally a mountain of a human being he is yeah. absolutely astonishingly huge like you know when you get like everything in America's bigger yeah, like he's he's bigger. Um, anyway, moving on. Another question: uh, Is it true that you are head of the secretive BJJ Illuminati? <laughs> you know, it wouldn't surprise me. Can, can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> <laughs> However, he does have part of lizard skin. We have seen in secret. Off yeah, we, we have seen him change out of his lizard skin every now and then. We um, needed to pause the podcast a minute ago so he could uh, shed. Yeah, <laughs> that's where the ring went from. That was it, really. Yeah. Um, God, we've got like, kind of like, got like a double question here, but uh, it's how you came to start Scramble and also your photography stuff. Uh, so the story of Scramble is fairly well documented in various places, but um, I was inspired by by uh, 
the, the brands that existed in Japan already that were like way ahead of the rest of the world in terms of cool kind of subtle designs yep. and started off importing it but it was very expensive and impractical and one of the guys that I was talking to in Japan just said just why don't you just do your own stuff that looks yeah. a bit like this stuff I was like oh, okay that was it hmm. and then what was the other part uh, the other one was just about your photography stuff I know me and you have spoken oh, about yeah. it briefly but yeah very much uh, hobbyist um, colorblind hobbyist so I buy a nice camera that has good in-camera color settings and then just shoot yeah. Sorry to admit, this where you think you're a black belt still because of the color blind situation. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'm actually purple. Uh, well, actually, I, I struggle rolling with people. I can't tell if they're blue or purple. So, uh, okay. you know, not that it matters, but sometimes, you know, if I, I'm particularly like gassed out at the end, I'll be like, is this, are you a blue belt or a purple belt? <laughs> Blue belt. Oh, fuck. <laughs> See, I've done that before. Obviously, I, I, I probably prefer a little bit more nogi than the gear. How much I get hate for it. No, nogi is uh, just jumping straight in the deep end, isn't it? You've got no idea. Yeah. And that's the thing. I've said it to people before. I'm like, are you a blue belt? And they're going like, I'm a brown. I'm like, ah. I'm like, start high, work yeah. your way down. It works yeah, the no, never, type yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> never ask them, you know, with a belt, with a color. Just say, what belt are you? Yeah. 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 So that was a funny one. I did. Have, I got an actual extra question with this, and I think it's that came from my digging. Polaris wasn't the original name, was it? No, it was Paragon. Yeah. Why the switch? Uh, because Jeff Glover sent us a shitty email. Ah, uh, okay, okay, that's why. <laughs> right. So we're still listed as Paragon on, in like official documentation, uh, okay. uh, but but I'd already designed the P logo. Yeah, I know. I saw. I seen it, and I was like. That's not the like it wasn't like I said it would literally within I, I don't know how often you were posting obviously with that stuff but it was basically one post Paragon and then suddenly Polaris and I was yeah. like we had to, we had to think we had we already had the logo ready to go so I was like we need another name beginning with P. <laughs> <laughs> See we tried it again we've got some aspirations and we would like to chat to you about it's obviously afterwards about doing our own show and that type of stuff and trying to listen to feedback of things that you've said about how what you think is going to do well so we've kind of gone with teams and stuff like this and, and trying to obviously utilize that and uh, yeah again it's trying to uh, good luck. <laughs> well, he uh, no, he says that, but we've asked a couple of people, and they say it's a, it's a very fruitless task, and mm. uh, it's a, a lot more work to put into it. So I think it's it's more less financial drive and more that's good. Like I want to supply something to what people are requesting. It's the same as the podcast. Is yeah. it started off as a labor of love, and now it's just fucking great fun. Yeah, so we just continue doing it. I think with the podcast is a little bit more. Don't get me wrong. I say that twice now. <laughs> These are so mm. obviously. I'm cashing you. Keep going. Um, I think the thing is with that is that because there is a need for people to be helped within this, right? Yeah. I'm there thinking, right, okay, let's give a good quality service, set the standard high, mm. and then so at least then it's then understood that that's that there's. Well, you made more. a mistake for doing a podcast with me then, didn't you? Because well, yeah. I'm bringing the standard on every <laughs> single time I open my mouth. It's I fine. It's it. fine. I appreciate obviously people going, boy, this is the thing. I just said to people with the podcast in the first place. I I struggle listening to deep nutrition seminars, right? For twenty minutes, let alone a long hour or two mm. hours type of thing. So we always wanted to dip in with this and that type of I stuff. I don't listen to any jujitsu podcasts. No. No. Apart from Craig Jones now, because he's funny. You're not going to listen to this afterwards, or <laughs> yeah. I just I, my, every, it's jujitsu all day long. It's, <laughs> this is all jujitsu. Polaris is all jujitsu. I train, go to the gym twice a week. 
I don't need like the other waking hours to be full of jujitsu. Don't listen to him; he's lying. He loves our podcast. That's the, he asked us he's, to come on. Hey man, <laughs> hey man, you started a cult brand. What are you talking about? Everyone loves Scramble and Polaris. You, yeah, you, and you don't know Anna Flag. No, I have to I have to leave it when I go home. <laughs> I can't be. Listening. That's why I got my cards. If I'm honest, like I've got friends who into motorbikes and petrol head stuff, yeah. and so like we got them. But still, even then, jiu-jitsu still slides in. We're going to uh, the Lake District, and I know they've got, they got Lake District BJJ, which I'm like, oh, I'll have to take a visit up there quickly. But, no, I, uh, I, yeah. Uh, I'm not kidding. I don't listen to jiu-jitsu podcasts, <laughs> but, but I do love um, jiu-jitsu on the whole as a kind of community. In fact, like, I much prefer the, the grassroots level of jiu-jitsu and the people that you see at the gym and the, to the kind of yeah. high-level professional... Uh, circles mm. because it's kind of weird up there. Yeah, and there's a, there's, you can say the wrong thing to and not mean any context type of thing, and it'd be taken way out of context for that type of stuff. I imagine probably yeah. that high level, and just just weird personalities. And yeah, weird. I found so. that out quite recently when I joined up to the UK BJJ Underground Facebook page. There's a lot of weird shit going on in there. <laughs> there's a lot of in jokes that I know from talking to people in person. I'm like, oh no, like what's yeah. going on here? Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you that off. It's a funny place. <laughs> Is, yeah. is a very it's deep water isn't it um, off the back of that question because the next one is uh, how you came to start Scramble which we don't know is um, why did you pick Scramble over Umi because I know oh, that was another name you are going to use that's well researched I'm making Nardog run for his money this is what I, I will be inspired by have you, do you know Nardvar is or who Nardvar is that what I'm Nardwa. So Why he does that name ring a bell? He he goes around and interviews like really high profile like rappers and stuff. And he even went to the extent of going to Snoop Dogg and finding a film that Snoop Dogg made, cut and produced by himself before he was famous and giving him a VHS tape. And he was Jesus. like, "I don't even have a copy of this. How did you get a copy of this?" He's like, he does this with every single one. Even like, Tyler oh, the Creator, he like, managed it, to find it, out his original name before he became Tyler the Creator and yeah, stuff like that. It's it, mental. It's done loads yeah. of different things like that. I think the okay. one, one that I really enjoyed the most was uh, he went up to one rapper and was like, "Ah, oh, yeah, what do you think of Coolos or something like this?" And he was like, "I used to go there as a kid with my mum, and that was our favorite restaurant. Like, yeah. where the hell did you get no, that from? Right. Like, you have to be like this." Sorry, yeah. Anyway, back to, back to the question: Why? Mm, I can't remember I mean I do remember having them like laid out on my dining room table at my parents place and just sort of looking at them I think uh, not not knowing if kind of western people would be alright with that word like the, mm. starting with a U and you know would it be like you me and some confusion there I can't remember I think scramble just rolled off the tongue a bit easier yeah um, it was a great name. You know, it's one of the only things that I've designed that I don't hate after like six months. <laughs> that logo. Yeah, mm. uh, that's fair. Well, I, I slanted. I've changed it. It used to be regular kind of text, but the the only change I've made in like fifteen years is I've put a slant on it and I rounded the edges by like point one percent or something. This may be like a really boring and cheesy question, but I think. To some degree, there's elements of scramble which I see in Gymshark, right? And they're obviously massive clothing brand in the sense that you've now got physical stores as well and, st- and yeah. things like this, which is really cool. Where do you think scramble goes next? And like, if you don't want me saying as an outsider, part of my game is, oh, 
have you got bored with scramble and then started an athletic type of thing? If you don't no, want to no, no, not at all. Um, scramble's like ninety nine point nine percent of my day every day, mm. so it's all about scramble really. But um, that's two questions. So the, the first right, one yeah. is uh, we've always in the back of our mind imagined scramble to be like a like a surf brand. Okay. So they in the or a skate brand. So yeah. they have a really legitimate background in a sport or, or activity yeah. with mainstream appeal. So I suppose that's the long-term plan. That was the long-term plan. I mean, now the industry is almost big enough it can support like mega brands and uh, you'd not have to leave. So we wouldn't have to go and try and find the uh, mainstream audience because the mm. jiu-jitsu audience is getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. The only the only goal for scramble is growth, just constant growth, which we've had like World every year. Domination. Yeah, no, it is. Yeah, <laughs> to be the best jiu-jitsu brand. So ec- excellent. Yeah. I look at excellent. <laughs> which I want to touch on for you as the next one. A lot of people think there's a big issue between you and Tatabi, and I know it's a complete opposite. No, that's bollocks. We talk to those guys almost every day. Yeah. Anyone yeah. that thinks like, oh, you have to be team Tatabi or scramble is not the case because Tatabi. Well, once you really cross well. the border into Wales. Yeah. Yes, they, they own that territory. <laughs> there's, like, there's like one or two brave souls the, wearing Is scramble. there a brand for Scotland? Or? Scramble. Scramble. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 got Ireland. and yeah. Ireland as well. There's Scramble BJJ in Jungle. Jungle BJJ. Yeah, yeah. It? yeah. Ireland's doing fantastic. I, know, I well. know my stuff, mate. Yeah. Don't worry. I know. But it's only, I, I don't know about the shops and stuff, obviously, you've got and stuff like that. So. Yeah, Fight Store Pro have got in touch. They've got a shop up north somewhere yeah. that people can go into um, I know the overheads for stores obviously it's just not the greatest type of thing so we don't actually have we don't actually have any we don't have physical like stores am I looking at, I thought sorry I'm making an absolute fool of myself oh, here. In, 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 in Dublin yeah Jungle BJJ has stock like physical stock in the store yeah and but he like does in, really well with, yeah with, in, uh, in Japan and stuff it's there's not a physical store or anything like that is there it's nope. more just Jungle yeah we have yeah. one location but that's not that's in his gym. Right. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Like I said, I know you definitely had something in Ireland. Yeah. And that's why I was just like, yeah. oh, okay, cool. So you've that's got probably that. me miscommunicating that to you. But yeah. yeah. No, that's, yeah. that's Peter doing a great job in Ireland. Um, no, we love Tatami. We talk to them all the time. Um, Do you think you open up more stores then? I, I would like to, but you need, yeah, you, like you said, you need staff. There's loads of overheads. It would be more of a kind of um, project you know, it would be like a cafe with a video playing, uh, with a screen playing jujitsu matches, and you know, like Ooh. we're going to have to move, we're going to have to move out of here eventually. And I think the next step is combining everything together: warehouse, office space. Mm. I would love a, a storefront, you know, gym, storefront, all that stuff. That'd be nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. That'd be scramble, cool. me, scramble, mega center coming yeah. soon. Yeah, that that'd amazing. be lovely. Awesome. Yeah, Carol, we have a question. It was just seeing, like I said, about it being like Gymshark and that day again, obviously didn't have any physical stores until obviously I think they, did they start with London, I think it was, or they got some other things like that type of thing. But obviously the brand expanding into that type of thing, which you covered from there. Um, You're asking then, about unathletic. Yeah, unathletic. I know obviously you said that off, off camera, like I said, the one man band, a bit of nostalgia coming back into the day of starting again like that. Has it come from boredom? No, or, no, no. More like, um, I mean, Scramble's been going 15 years now. We, in the beginning, me, me and Ben, like, all the marketing copy was jokes. All the product description was jokes. It's still, I mean, if you look at product descriptions on our website now, they're Scramble, they're still, like, bollocks. <laughs> yeah. 
I like it. Who reads I like them anyway? It. I know. Oh. I, it, it reminds me of like, Easter egg stuff. Yeah, you yeah, know? exactly. If, love... if you've got down this far. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, we're have just about... Any, I was going to say, sorry, have you got any Easter eggs on the website type of thing where, like, I know you've obviously said in the descriptions and stuff. You know, just, just the product history. Just go and have a look through them. Some of them are serious. You know, like, if we're really busy, we'll just quickly type out, like, you know. But if we've got a bit of time, I mean, we're releasing a bunch of stuff today and it's got loads of dumb descriptions. I mean, we used to have, we used to put our ads in uh, Fighters Only magazine for Scramble. Yeah. And it would, I mean, I'll show you guys later. We, we did shorts and it was the shortinators and there was the shorts <laughs> with a T-Rex, with a, a Velociraptor head coming out oh. and Terminator legs coming oh. out the bottom. And the quote said like, these are the worst shorts I've ever bought. And, uh, and we were paying it. money to get this into magazines. I love it. So the, but that's slightly, uh, slightly less now. Um, just because it's a much bigger company, it's got we've got a bunch of employees that depend on the company doing sure. well. So you, you can't you can't take you have to take it fairly seriously. But unathletic is um, just the stuff that's too dumb and uh, you know too on the edge for scramble. Really, I feel like it's the deep, it's the darker side of your brain. I think yeah, really that stuff. Um, yeah, I just got a I just got a bum bag, a steroids bum bag. I'll show you and. Is it going to have like syringe holders and stuff? I'm going like to I'm going to order some dummy syringes off Amazon. <laughs> Do a photo shoot. Get a little vial or something like that. That'd be hilarious. Brazilians on their way to compete in small local tournaments. Oh, you got like the it. evil Danaher, couldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like it. Yeah. I like it a lot. So you yeah, could have like, like, you could have them like joggers, obviously, like the whole like trousers type thing, rash like guard the, the, with the loser type thing, and then the rash wig. guard, mm. bold wig, and then. Well, yeah, hold on. Our podcast sponsor, obviously, Grapple Soap. He did one with um, uh, Goggins. So you got like Fuck a little like, like cap on it. Which is like, yeah, Dan, who's going to carry those boats? <laughs> I will say, Mr. Bassett is hmm. the most intuitive person to make his own adverts ever. Yeah. They are fantastic. And like, like Crocker was saying, along with him, if you can't have any humility, you're just gonna fuck yourself up. You gotta laugh at yourself. No, and I he, like. He loves it. It's great. I like what he puts out, and he's, you know, everybody. It, it doesn't come natural to Brits, I don't think, being uh, outgoing. Americans just seem to be born with like charisma, um, but he seems to be kind of almost forcing himself to put his own face out there. I, we had a conversation with him. I, I, I don't want to say I take complete ownership over in the slightest bit, but there's little Stephen Seagal over here. <laughs> <laughs> he can shoot me down like, I'd see if he wants to at the same time um, but I said to him about when I first started obviously doing the original consultancy uh, I got on the camera just straight away with no expectation obviously of doing well but it was just like right this is just what social media is to some degree like I said I'm not trying to berate this when we post stuff out on social media people think that oh you must love it all the time mm. right I hate it because mm. I get sucked into the content very quickly and like as everyone well, I'll go down a rabbit hole or something all of a sudden next thing you know I'm looking at pest control of bees <laughs> and I'm like how have I even got here and now all of a sudden I know three yeah, different bee, no. bee brands based on their colours and all that stuff right and pointless I, knowledge I said to him that there's some degree that people buy from people and the fact that you've obviously got your soap which is fantastic and it's really good right it's good stuff and and that's not getting obviously us just saying we're sponsored by them it's just fantastic we've all had fantastic results and everyone we've spoken to it's had the fantastic results but it'll come to a point where 
it will level off, right? And then you need to obviously get your own character across with it. Now you can either do that by getting on camera and obviously doing your own thing and obviously being very comical, which is really good. Or again, like I said, you can go to the extremes of obviously developing a choir. Yeah, no, I, I think about it a lot because we, I think you guys mentioned it earlier, like Polaris doesn't really have a, a figurehead and uh, we sometimes wonder, but then everything that we do is kind of, uh, carefully considered and we're thinking long term you know whereas you get, there's loads of American promotions that have come and gone but they had a big charismatic front man yep. they almost made the show about them and uh, when we're watching that we, and they're, they're getting loads of interaction we're thinking Fuck, these guys are smashing it like maybe we should do that and then they're gone six mm. months later so it's like okay it was just a load of bravado we started in February I mean okay. yeah we've <laughs> <Probably laughs> no, got like, a couple of months left Jesus yeah. Christ what we're gonna do, but then um, like same with Scramble. I mean, um, I don't. I I I like putting myself out a little bit on social media. Ben doesn't really do it very much at all, um, and I sometimes wonder like, should we be doing more, or is it not necessary? I mean, Scramble as a company is is doing great. Like it's mm. growing, so maybe you know, I don't need to. We don't need to put our faces out there too much. I don't know. I do think about it a lot, especially because you're bombarded 24-7 by other people putting their faces out there. Yeah, it's, it's a trick. I think when you're starting up, you need to be as relevant with the content as possible, okay? I would argue with other people's social media content, which I see, where there'll be paragraphs, right? Yeah. And on an on a Instagram story, mm. I've got to be really invested in that person to read it, or it's got to be some sort of juicy drama that Gordon's posted or something like mm -hmm. this, right? Or something like that. Outside of that, if it's like, I don't know, a product review or something like this, I'm going to swipe off. Because no, like, and a lot of it does fall flat. It's not like if you just point a camera at yourself and talk, you're going to be successful. Yeah. Loads of it. Like, You've got to be entertaining like, yeah. to some degree. People go on social media, especially the platforms that we're dealing with, to be entertained, yeah, or have something of a very high level not say they need high level intellect, but something that's very, very deep into like the rabbit hole, which is like intriguing and people didn't know. Like I'll be honest, when I did a post I think the other other week about uh, I came across a study on sweat levels and tattoos and the fact that I was like, Oh, this is interesting, I've never read this before. Very, very small study. The engagement we got off of it where people mm -hmm. were like, Oh my god, yeah, I, I've got loads of tattoos, I sweat and all this type of stuff and everything like this. And it was like very interesting to see how people responded to that very high level. On the other side, I'm like, we did a reel the other day where people were saying, I can't believe you hate yum yums <laughs> over donuts. Oh, yeah. And I was like, I did see that. Right? I was like, That's my I, fault. I, I know, but I even put a story up saying, guys, like, I'm getting so much shit over this. Like, yeah. go and put it on the vote on the next story. Oh, look, donuts won. Like, shut the fuck up. Like, I don't care anymore. Like, I'm I, not I that do like a yum No, but, that, but I think that's one of my least favorite things about social media, though, is that you're doing this all the time. And yeah. like, even as an observer, you. It's like somebody getting the shit kicked out of them and nearly dying. And yeah. you're like, oh, bad. And then the next one is something hilarious. And you're like, ha, ha. So you're constantly going like yeah. that. And it, I'm sure it's not good for you. Like. No, it's probably, well, it's probably Andrew Cuban will come on and be like, well, based on the... It hits those serotonin level, levels, doesn't it? It's like bit. happiness, sadness, happiness. And yeah. you want more happy, more sad yeah. all the time. Um, yeah, so Sorry, I've got a question for you, Matt. <laughs> I don't know if you remember this. Why did Scramble stop doing the grappling dummy series? <laughs> well, that uh, we're, we're, we're going back a long ask. time now. But well, that was it was great. Yeah, it was fun actually. Thirteen years ago was the first one. Yeah, why did I? I think because I 
it was more interesting for me to document what was going on in Japan yeah. than it was what's going on in the UK. You know, like at that time, my life in Japan, yeah. I felt like was like super interesting. So I had a natural urge to document it. And then being back in my home country was much less inspiring mm. in terms of content creation. Makes me laugh because I watched the one with um, Imanari and it's... It's just the way he talks. Everything he says, just hanging on every word. Like he's hilarious. This guy's just like a comedian. I go back and watch that every now and then. What's your impression of the UK? Hmm. Buses drive very fast. Yeah, that's the first (laughs) thing he says. I'm just like, you're a fucking legend. He's he's great. Um, I I have an Imanari story. We went to Tokyo to film him for Polaris, and uh, he was having an MMA fight at the time. Uh, Two funny things. So first one, we were interviewing him. How's the training going? I, I told you. Oh, you heard this? How's the training going? He's like, yeah, good. You're doing, what's your sort of ratio, you know, grappling, striking? He's like, yeah, yeah. You're like, what? Grappling? Yeah. Are you training striking? Yeah. Four times. You're like, four times a day? Four times a week? Four times. <laughs> <laughs> and then he went out and just like windmilled punches for the whole match. But then the other thing was he was making weight and we were in a sort of like 10th floor on some random apartment building office block in Japan. Mm. And he was overweight by a few grams. So he fucking whipped all his clothes off, whipped his kegs off. <laughs> Stood in front of everyone, but like no towel, nothing, room full of media, other fighters. He's just like weighed in, <laughs> casually walked back. Wasn't in a hurry to get dressed. <laughs> and we were just like... Imagine if it was like, imagine the building like round, round down the road or something like this, like walking out <laughs> yeah. the hotel, walking down the street. He's like, oh yeah, like, I need to put my pants on. <laughs> he's, he's just a really cool guy. He's like the most, probably one of the most genuine human beings I've ever met. Like he doesn't modify his behavior. That's cool. In the slightest I for like anyone. That. I think that's something in which I think I'm, I try and do better myself is trying to work on me being me, if that makes yeah. sense. And the idea being that I think we all get sucked into different things. And again, for anyone who knows me, obviously has been new to this sort of page or channel and that type of stuff. I've been in the jiu-jitsu scene all of probably like five minutes in comparison to people. By what, three and a half years coming up for, I'd probably say. So I think you started as a white belt just after the unfortunate incident, or just before the unfortunate <laughs> incident, sorry. We can't say the C word because we get told off. Um, so too. yeah, I think you're... Three about, and a half about, years? About three and a half years into yeah. this. I'm right, okay. And obviously my wife's like, you're obsessed with this. You just find this. You've got ADHD. You mm. always do this with this type of stuff. And I think it's taken me a while to find this. I've always enjoyed, I'd say, UFC. And I, I didn't like the idea of getting punched. I'm like 30, 31. I'm like, I ain't got time for this. Like, I got a face for podcasting as anyway. I don't need to make any worse, right? And so when Jiu-Jitsu came along, I was like, oh, okay, cool. And yeah, now I've got lovely coin. Why are you yeah. not asking about my cauliflower ear? Like, I'm really upset I mean, about this. Yeah, they're, they're pretty decent. I, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to bring that up. I was like, what's going on? Uh, obviously, it's not like impressive enough. So. Spe- they're speaking for themselves, don't worry. Yeah, there you go. The other one's going. It's growing slowly. But, uh, You're uh, proud of those, aren't you? Huh? It's like, a, like a little extra trophy that you get for competing. Yeah, fine. Like, the I'm, joke I'm, thing was, for everyone's benefit that didn't see this, when we were at Nottingham MMA, we were doing nogi and we were doing collar ties and you kept moaning at me for slapping your ear. You've got about a foot height on top of me. Mm. I'm trying to get my arm above your neck. <laughs> if I slap your ear out of accident, it's not intentional, mate. I can barely see your ear from my height. 
I'm just trying to grab the first thing. I'm just saying go for the other air because that one was starting to get raw and everything. And I was just like, it was just painful stuff. And I was just, I couldn't even sleep on it. That was the problem. And then the fact you're there going like, oh, call it tight. Yeah, bang. Yeah. I'm like, cheers, mate. Thank you. I will um, slap them on pretty they're tight. They're like so painful when they're swollen. Yeah. So I, I was due to compete on Sunday, did a really extreme sport of dog walking and uh, mm. rolled my ankle and really badly. Oh, is that, I was looking at it earlier, is it, is it still swollen? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, that one's like horrendously yeah. swollen in the sense of it type of stuff. And um, yeah, like I was really annoyed. I messed with my, I messed with my opponent because again, like it was quite a small bracket, it was only three of us. And I was like, sorry mate, we... Bit awkward, obviously, with the page in the sense that, and again, guys, if I do ever come up, if even me or Tom ever compete, I know Tom doesn't do openly loads, but at the same time, like... Thanks for calling me out. I appreciate that. Right? You love your default bronze. You talk about it with pride. I've only got one medal, and it is a default bronze. So I'm proud of that pride. default bronze. Because um, my little boy comes up to me and goes, Dad, you in the middle? And I go, yeah, yeah, I want it. I want it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I want it. Um, if I do come up against anyone who's following this page, I'm not being horrible. I'll be nice to you beforehand. Like, but when we come to that competition, Matt, and stuff like that, I just don't want to talk to you, if I'm honest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll chat to you afterwards as much as you want about the podcast, but I'll send a friendly message here and there. Like, that'll be it. But it'll be a case of we'll have a good match and we'll talk. <laughs> I had a few of those in uh, UK comps where yeah. it was all like super stony. And then afterwards they go, oh, by the way, I really like Scramble. You're like, oh, okay, no, thanks. Thank you. Why don't you let me win then? <laughs> oh, we're gonna clip that. That's a hundred percent good as a clip. Why don't you let me win there? Fantastic. You've um, just lost your discount code. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We we do have another question for you. We thought about this very hard and long on the way down. If you have a choice, well, you don't have a choice. This is your choices. The only music you can listen to is Elton John, or for the rest of your life. For the rest of your life, or Gordon Ryan narrates your life. Oh. You got to pick one. Uh, pick one. I pick Elton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I pick Elton. There's almost no hesitation. <laughs> no. That voice. No. Elton. Yeah. And I hate Elton. I know. That's why I picked That's up on your story. It. I think the other day, so people growing on about that. I felt bad because I actually enjoyed the sex. Originally, when people said about how... Um, what was it? Uh, when they said it was Elton John, I was like, oh, God, right. I'm not a biggest fan of it. And I'm like, oh, it's like... I've always said, if you put this person in modern day, where would they be? Would they even be anything? And it's like, possibly not. Who knows? And then I watched it, and I was like, he actually tried to put on a good performance. And I was like, okay, I'm taking back. I know some of the songs. It's not some of the, and don't get me wrong, there's some of the Drury songs in there. But I was like, okay, he's actually tried to do something. Yeah, but then you, that's uh, that his songs, are, <laughs> it's being... Uh exaggerated the effect is exaggerated by this kind of dramatic uh setting mm. in my opinion like I've, i'm fairly serious about music lots of different genres different you know, as a teenager i was obsessed you know I, my, my identity was the music i was into yep i've never in my life put an elton john song on like i've never gone i need to listen to that now ever yeah i, I think i'll probably sit in that camp right and then so when i listen to it seen the performance by this because I'm gonna get pretty so much flag for this in terms of this. I cannot stand like really dreary bands, okay? Arctic Monkeys have some good songs and there's some really dreary shit. Now, there's some good songs which are all right, right? And I, I would say that Coldplay, uh, is it Coldplay? No, who's the one with Liam Gallagher in it? Why the fuck are you asking me? I don't know, what's the band with it? Noel Gallagher, uh, I hope Liam this Gallagher. is some sort of in-joke. 
No, what, no, no. What's no. the one with Liam Gallagher in it? Are you kidding me? No, I'm being serious. I can't remember what the name is. Oasis. Oasis. Juriest fucking band in the world. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> and it's cut this shit. Yeah, bye. Right. Juriest fucking band in the world. Like, unless I'm drunk and like everyone kidding. else is singing. Can you actually leave? <laughs> <laughs> I tried. I you know tried. when I said Sorry, my, guys, entire, that's it. Yeah, my entire teenage uh, identity oh, was based fuck. on music? Oh, fuck. <laughs> I could have picked any other band. You, you, were, you were hoping it was like metal. Matt's like a secret metal head that you don't know about. No, it could be anything. You could be into transfer. You could be after Ibiza every summer, like getting completely pissed out with bloody what's his face in Ocean Beach. But yeah, no, I do. I do like Oasis. Yeah. <laughs> Nice one. I, okay. they, they they had a heyday though, and, and then they did. Don't worry, we posted to Tommy anyway, so it's fine. fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, but like I said, I find them really dreary. Yeah, like that's it. I don't like it. No. I mean, they definitely nice. dropped off, but they were pretty iconic back in the day. Uh, way, way to stick your foot in it you're really good at that you know that like, you're fantastic I need to get you like media trained and see how you get on yeah but then that doesn't trained. make content gets the people true. going yeah. true. Um, we've got several questions left for you Matt there's loads I hope okay. you don't have any time restraints um, oh, I'm getting hungry that's about it that's right that's cool I know we'll, I'm we'll, getting we'll hungry we'll shoot some couple and then so one of the ones that Jay and me decided to kind of keep in uh, a bit of an interesting one is from our, our local big boy Joe Foy and it's a uh, what is your most cherished failure? And why? Uh, failure. What could that be? Anything? Yeah, anything. Jiu jitsu, outside jiu jitsu, business, whatever you fancy. Hmm. That's a really good question. Uh, yeah, it's, it's probably difficult to pin one down, but I like I like the the question as a concept. I failed in so many things so many things and uh but the point is to actually try them and then kind of learn from the things that you mess up like uh i've made you know little company ideas that have failed um yeah fail at jiu-jitsu fairly regularly <laughs> i think that we all yeah <laughs> fuck it oh yeah don't i just sorry unless you're gordon That's the I, I think i'm the longest blue belt in the UK, oh, yeah, it must but be. You know why? You know why? It the longest. It's just, it's just excuses. Someone but just likes to not attend. <laughs> so I don't attend, man. It's, I got life gets in the way, man. Kids and yeah, life just get in the way. Yeah, kids and work. Got, you've got an alternative out. You just you just feel bad. Because I'm not doing the alternative out. It's not worth it. He has a school next door to him. Forbidden school. All oh, right. Name we don't mention. Okay. Name we don't mention. Like, Name we don't mention. I'm from RGA. It was the first people we had on our class with my instructors. I'm not on about RGA. Huh? I'm not on about it. We'll talk about this. We, oh, we, we, we don't, we don't, Yeah, we don't talk about this. We don't talk about this online. Uh, anyway, get in there, trouble. there's a school down the road from you could go to. Right? There is. Right. And he feels... He still needs to have a conversation with his instructors. And I know exactly what they would say. And they would just say, if you can go and train more jiu-jitsu, go for it. Right. But he feels the need that he needs to have this like breakup talk with them, <laughs> right? It's just out of a bit of respect, a bit under yeah, get, under get, Pedro for seven years. It's a I long know. time to be under one person. But my argument is, is that I think everyone would want you to do more jujitsu. Sorry, you're getting involved in like a like no, a, no. A, convenience like a, is key. Yeah, it really is mm. for all kinds of training. The school, the, the, my my gripe is where I've got two kids. I'm not saying if you're a dad, it's harder to train jujitsu because it's not for some people. I have two but like kids. where I do day shift one week link shift the other so I have a start at half six in the morning and then I finish at 3.15 which would be fine but then after 3.15 it's time for kids bath yeah. time's at seven classes at six so I can't reach the sixth class and then a link shift I don't start till three until ten 
but then the morning's taken up by child getting him ready and spending time with him. The I day. think you should always choose family over over some stupid yeah. hobby. That's it. I hang up my uh, my blue belt. I'm done. <laughs> Controversial <laughs> there opinion. You go. Matt, Matt sold it to me. That's yeah. it. I'm done. That's what you're recording. <laughs> Somebody who said that to me the other day, Sebastian Brosh, I was talking to him because he came down and did a seminar. Oh, and yeah. I, I couldn't make it because I said I've got family stuff, and he was like, "Family first, always." From a like really successful internationally known mm. black say, belt competitive business owner monster exactly yeah family first from my actually um, I need to chat to you a little bit off air as well because again my wife's just started up her own um, horse brand company so with like uh, boots uh, bridles things like that and she'd love to pick your brain about mm-hmm. different things but from my perspective obviously having to juggle two consultancies a potential event that we're putting on my own life my own <laughs> sports stuff like that is there any sort of tips that you have in terms of trying to get that all balanced? I'm very much happy to accept I will be shit at some stuff. Mm. Um, I just sort of uh, usually, uh, I try to make sure that by the end of the day, I feel like I've done everything that I could mm. um, without going too far. So I pretty much uh, turn my, my phone is, is muted from sort of 7 p.m. till 8 a.m. Okay. And I, if I can avoid it, I won't look at it. Because the danger of if you're running your own business or multiple projects, you're on it 24-7, you'll burn out. I, I was doing that, and after a while it was, it was killing me. So I had to make a rule, basically no work in the evenings. Um, I come here usually at like 8.30, and work, I'm pretty mentally, um, mentally done by about three, <laughs> three or four. We'll email you then. <laughs> yeah, no, and that's it. And then I go home and that's you it. get the podcast through. Like, we'll, we'll purposely send it at like You won't get an answer till the next day. <laughs> oh, sorry, Matt. We've already posted it. <laughs> I, just, I just think you have to be strict about times when you're not working and not yeah. let it creep in because things feel urgent, but they're not. Was there like a final burnout that you kind of said, I need to do something about it? No, I've had a couple of stages. One, one in the early days when my second son was born, I think I just quit or was just about to quit. I had a full-time job at that I was working in and I think I was like I can't fucking handle this so Ben was my business partner at the time I said can you just take over for a little bit and like moved all the stock to his house you know set up the printer there or whatever and he took took the reins for a while and then managed to balance it out and then yeah I suppose the other one was when I was fucking replying to people at like 11pm and then waking up the next morning and doing the same thing I think I was taking loads of things super personally. I think we released one product and it had a defect or something. And every review, every reply, every email that came in about the product being uh, defective, I was feeling like deeply and it started to really fucking do my head in. And I was, I thought I need a little bit of separation here. Like factories made a mistake, we mm. can fix it. I don't need to feel personally responsible to these hundreds of customers, you know. So that I think was a bit of a lesson in separating myself from the company you know it's there's two t- completely different things so like if you start your own business you are the company in the beginning yeah but at some point you have to have some separation otherwise you'll go bonkers yeah mm. nice. it's difficult if you're a consultant though because you're consulting yeah. <laughs> don't get me wrong we'll be looking to take on some um, interns from our university uh yeah they've obviously broken up and stuff and obviously getting to <laughs> do some of the dog's body I'm not going to lie some of that sort of stuff social media stuff which obviously takes time which yeah. is obviously there but yeah it's, uh, I like the idea of passing it down to it's in the pipe that. isn't it we've got stuff 
stuff coming, people moving. Yeah, we're looking at stuff like that. So. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Do you want to do the guest question? You got any other questions? Have I got any other questions for Matt? Oh, how do you balance playing your games the way that you do? Because <laughs> you uh, play more games than I do, and I love it. I yeah, think it's great. I, I, I love playing computer games. I didn't have... I was PC gaming for years, um, and then I bought a PS5, which I really like, because um, I, get, I get bad shoulder pains if I use PC for too long. So I use it all day here. So and then you go home. Bad shoulder pains, oh, not from jiu-jitsu. Oh, not from jiu-jitsu, from gaming. Not from it. dislocating my shoulders multiple times. <laughs> or people trying to dislocate yeah. your shoulder yeah, multiple yeah, yeah. times. Um, I basically, once all of the kids are in bed, all the jobs are done, everything's, and then I'll just sit down and play computer games. I love it. I love it. I messaged Matt probably a week ago now, wasn't it? And you were posted up Final Fantasy 16. I was like, I'm so fucking jealous of you right now. <laughs> Final Fantasy 16, ooh, I'm a little bit on the fence about it. Don't, don't. I've not watched any trailers, I've not watched anything about it. It's no Elden Ring, let's put it that way. Yeah, you're a very big proponent of that. I'm a little bit of a gamer, but at the same time, like, I have one element of gaming that I like, and it's just achievements and getting, like, skins If you like achievements, play Elden Ring. It will punish you beyond belief. Yeah, I know, but that's the problem, it's like, I'm happy with repetitiveness and, like... Oh, it's repetitive, don't worry. I don't know. Well, I don't know. I, 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 you know, my tonight setup is obviously for me. It'll be the latest Call of Duty. I will go on hardcore mode on shipment, and I will just go and get I don't know, ten crouch kills, and work my way through all the gun camos. I don't enjoy any of the rest of the game. I'm not interested in the rest. Of I, the I, I wanted. Like, I played Cyberpunk and uh, <laughs> I completed it, but it's like completion percentage like twenty seven or something. I was like, yeah, fuck it, I'll do. I feel. <laughs> I'm not that guy. See, but it'd be like, I know, Far Cry would be another one, right? And I'll just get silly little things, like, I need to go and get all the masks to go and see the whole island. Yeah. Like, not play the game, but like, oh, you can't get it until you complete no, the amount of mission. two types of people. Yeah. I think, but, yeah, I'm kind of, I broke away from that. I, I got stuck into Assassin's Creed, and I 100%ed every single one up until four. And then I was just like, I can't bother to go around and kill these whales. This is doing my head in. So I stopped. And then I went back to playing Fallout, and that became a big problem because I've 100% of Fallout 3, 4, and New Vegas. I see, I, <laughs> and I now I'm looking at 76 and I'm like, oh, mm. I've, I calculated I've done over 3,000 hours in Fallout 3, which Jeez. is astonishing. I enjoy Assassin's Creed to begin with. And mm. the problem I get is that then I'm like, oh, okay, cool. What can I do to get the most strongest weapons? And then I'll find something on YouTube about it. And then yeah. I'm like, oh, cool. This is just really simple now. Yeah. And then I, I, re- really I really want to sit there and watch you play Elden Ring for two hours and try not die. Oh, God, I hated Elden Ring. Oh, no, I know, I, know, I know how hard it is. Like, I, I get that. Like, no, you don't. Just... Not until you play it. And then, <laughs> you don't isn't understand. There, but then isn't there, isn't, isn't there um, a samurai game that's very similar to that? Is it Dark Souls? No, Sekiro. Sekiro. No, Sekiro. Yeah, that was the other one, which was like, stupidly hard to play all the time. Yeah. And like Very fun. After I killed the Great Ape, I was like, this is fucking easy now. <laughs> no, I didn't enjoy it. Man, no? I'd probably go back and try it again. But. You should. I, I had to stop playing it for months. I went back and I like, just started absolutely blitzing through it. You definitely clicked with those games. Dark Souls mm. 3, I really liked. Almost, maybe better. Oh, than really? Like number yeah. 3? Ooh. Because See, now I like number 2. That's a problem. I like 1 and 2. And people, people shit all over 2. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, <laughs> massive tangent from Oops. Anyway, yeah, oh sorry, sorry for those you people who don't like uh, games. Yeah, we talk about nerds. Other yeah, than nerds. Jiu-Jitsu. Um, yeah, so the guest question. Yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, it's 
bit deep again. I'm sorry. It is. We sometimes get really silly stuff, like, what's your favourite Disney princess? Um, <laughs> or we get the equivalent of this, which still yeah, I like so it. So this one is... Um, have any self-limiting beliefs ever held you back in the past, and are there any that still do so? Yeah, I have imposter syndrome big time. Yeah. If you're in a room full of, like, celebrities in our little niche sport, mm. that's pretty difficult. Yeah. And uh, what we were talking about earlier about not not always being willing to put yourself out there. Mm. I don't know if it's limiting or not, because I haven't don't have a parallel life where I did put myself out there that I could compare it to, you know. What are you doing in secret? Do you have any fans? Or <laughs> <laughs> You'd know about it if I had one. I'd be he didn't promoting deny it. it. He didn't deny it. That's the one <laughs> thing, so. Uh, I like yeah, it. I think self-limiting beliefs are probably always a factor in, mm. in not being successful. But it's hard to say. I think uh, the danger is being too, <laughs> having too much self-belief. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Love that. Yeah, I think that is it for questions that I had and guest questions. And uh, yeah. is there anything you want to ask? Oh, actually, I got some stuff. What's your hot take on jiu-jitsu or unpopular take in jiu-jitsu? Mm, that no gi is more exciting than gi. Ooh. I don't think that's a given. That's interesting. That's interesting. Here's another one actually for you as well. I just realised we haven't actually asked these on a few of these. You compete... May have gone your way, may have not gone your way. What is your post-comp meal that you're having? <laughs> I mean, I don't really limit myself too much anyway. <laughs> I'd what? have a beer. That's what I'd have. Have a beer? Yeah. What type of beer? Uh, lager. I like, lager. I've gone all the way around. Oh, let's try this ale, that ale, that's this, that and that. I like good quality, crisp lager. You've gone with ciders at all? We're obviously yeah, from West yeah, Country. We've yeah. Got... Um, I did like an Airbnb last year or something, or a couple of years ago in Somerset, and there was a farm next door, and the cider was spectacular. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I live 20 minutes from the Thatcher's Brewery. There you go. So, we're like, yeah, like then I'm not a proper cider head. Fancy farm scrumpy. Yeah. <laughs> sounds yeah. good. Yeah. I like that stuff. Last week, I sometimes I, sometimes I feel like I have a low level allergy to beer. Um, or something in beer. I went for a drink last week with kids from my, uh, people from my son's football team, parents, and uh, I thought, I'm going to drink cider, and they only had this, like, 7% flat cider on the menu, and that was strong. (laughs) (laughs) That's an interesting point. Sorry to play in there, Tom, I don't even jump in. When you're going around, obviously, all the other kids, parents, and stuff like that, all going for beers and stuff like that, and I'm sure some of them don't know who you are, what you do, the level of how big the brand is and stuff like that. And even the shows you put on, do you kind of somewhat enjoy them not knowing you? Yeah. Or again, do you sometimes like, is there some moments where, I don't know, they may say something and you're like, you've got no idea on how to market a brand. Yeah, no, like no. Like, I don't feel like a big deal at all. But um, so I don't conduct myself like that. But the it is sometimes you know people are curious and they say yeah i've got this i've got like a brand and we do an event and well can i have a look and then i show them and polaris is like a hundred thousand followers on instagram and they're like oh cool it's not it's not yeah. davies made his own like little micro no, exactly. type of thing down the pub type stuff yeah, but. probably the best second best show in the whole world oh that's cool 
got a few of them have come down to watch, actually, yeah. They, they? they end up having a good time, yeah. I bet you probably get a little bit more of a kick out of seeing them turn up. Yeah. Than, like, I don't yeah. know, again, nothing against, obviously, the fans and followers type of thing, but... No, no, it's nice to see them, and uh, the kids, kids sometimes bring their friends. Yeah, it's good. But then, when the matches get boring, everyone's just like, ugh. Because <laughs> even for us, they can get boring. And if you've got no idea what's going yeah. on, yeah, I think it's more like it comes across like more genuine support. If that makes yeah, sense, yeah, where yeah, yeah. No, it's nice. It's something which I say to obviously we have multiple clients who obviously lose a lot of weight, right? And obviously they get their 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 closer friends. That oh, you look great, thank you. Oh, you're looking great. You've lost a bit of weight. You're looking fantastic. That type of stuff. And I know um, again from being in a similar sort of circumstances, we say that it doesn't feel as genuine as someone who hasn't seen you for like, let's say, five years. Two, we, had a, we, had a, we had a good reaction lot when obviously the unfortunate incident stopped people from seeing each other on Zoom type of thing. And so once that all settled and people saw each other for the first time, they're like, wow, what the fuck have you done? And they're right. like, oh, I've worked with this nutritionist. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then yeah. they'll, they'll say it to me. So that's quite nice and obviously quite genuine yeah. because they haven't seen them for that mm-hmm. amount of time mm-hmm. type of thing. But, um, yeah, that must be quite surreal. Like yeah, said, it's nice to get that uh, genuine sort of feedback type yeah, of thing, and yeah. obviously get support as well, which is cool. But mm. um, I guess yeah. it's just nice to have a bit of anonymymity again, because you know, yeah, I kind of prefer it like that. I was gonna say, you know, if especially if you're with the brands that you run, you know, Scramble being like, you know, the big one, and then Polaris, and then do you know what I mean? Like, it's just, I guess, what you must find as well is a lot of the people bleed over from all of them into one so with anaphletic all the jiu-jitsu guys are like oh yeah like i like that too and i'll buy this too because it's all yeah similar well, to I, it. i've said i'm surprised the bodybuilding world i'm taking this up massively i am as well yeah. like, it, i think it I mean, will like, i think it will yeah, or at least cross it just to have a laugh yeah exactly yeah i mean yeah i just uh, uh i just need to market anaphletic more but um yeah uh, that squad usa versus brazil was having beers with the uh, with the US team afterwards, and um, we were talking about I don't know the next Polaris or something, and uh, hands around, yeah, awesome. And they went, so do you work for Polaris? <laughs> I was like, we've been fucking talking for the last hour. <laughs> yes, yes, I do. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's that, is that, it. Must that be kind nice of a moment to where it's the flip side, like I'm kind of a big deal. Do you no, know? No, <laughs> not, not at all. But then it just made me think, like, wow, we really don't put ourselves out there much no. at all. but it's also kind of nice because like I get the whole thing of the brand having a figurehead but it's also quite nice to know there's a team behind the Scrabble that people kind of don't know too well you know because it's just not necessary I don't think no. it's necessary yeah really. I, 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 I guess that is where I fall on the matter it's not necessary mm. it's like I'm not delivering people's passes you know parcels what yeah <laughs> I, I, I expected you well that to, like, I mean yeah, I am posting yeah, that yeah, out yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just, just it's just not necessary. No, I think it's quite nice, obviously, from my perspective with the BJJ nutrition stuff. I've got Tom supporting me. Like you've even had some like more following and that type of stuff, obviously, which is quite nice and mm. that type of thing. And yeah, most with most of the people that follow me on Instagram were following me for my photography shit that I was doing oh, eight nice. years ago. Um, but then I started finding that I was hunting for likes, mm. and I was obsessed with like posting stuff at a specific time with specific hashtags I fell into that trap like really early days with Instagram living it before people like put up like pictures of the salad and stuff like that I was like the very first adopters of like when I was on iPhone 
Um, you had an iPhone? I had an iPhone 3, mate. I was back in... I had a BlackBerry curve first, and then I went to an iPhone afterwards. I'm old. I'm very but you old. you still got an Apple product, just to clarify this. With the no, I don't, own, I don't own any Apple products anymore. And I've also con- you did. converted my partner to Android now as well. Uh, you're Sorry. Just, you're just... Uh, it's just better phone, bro. That's all. I'm not shitting on anything else Apple. I just prefer the phone. Like, if someone says to me, here's a MacBook Pro, Apple. I'd be like, fuck it, yeah, I'm going to use a MacBook Pro. As long as I don't have to pay for it. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> I would, like, the software-wise for Apple is fantastic. But, yeah, but, yeah I, I think in terms of following, I, I mean, yeah, I think since I started Jiu-Jitsu in general, um, because when I started, it would have been... I think that, 70 the, years ago now so the point I get at is that you, you've rolled with people and stuff like that and you're like yeah. oh you're the guy who did the podcast I've heard yeah. your podcast that yeah that was thing. really weird like mm-hmm. I have people coming up to me and being like oh yeah did you um, do the podcast with Jay with Dan Strauss I'm like yeah I'm like how the fuck I, like I didn't have a mic at the time so I don't know how people fucking knew it was me but I'm not complaining I mean it's, it's nice but mm. I don't know it's like we said at the beginning it's kind of like when we started doing it, I was like, oh man, it'd be so much fun to do this. And now it's become like, we well, yeah, just have to keep doing it. Yeah, like, like, we're, we're it, looking we for like doing said, it. It's just so I, fun. I know, obviously, again, it's not obviously you've got your insurance stuff, but we're really looking forward obviously, to the Grapple Fest and obviously meeting all the people obviously up there and that type of stuff. Uh, that, oh, I didn't bring it. Oh, you didn't bring the rip strength training. Oh, oh no. Everyone loves this. You got away with it. I thought, I thought I had quite a good grip as well. We we had heard rumours you were going to beat Dan Strauss. Like, oh, easy. There you go, Dan. You've been called out again. So many people have called I must Dan have out. I pissed him off because at the last Polaris Open Mat, he absolutely murdered me. <laughs> I mean, he would have done it anyway, but it felt, yeah. felt personal. Yeah. I love it. How is, many this, is this going to be the next matchup that you're announcing in Polaris? Yeah, on Polaris. Dan Strauss versus, versus Matt, Matt Benyon. Benyon. <laughs> the headline fight. Yeah. <laughs> well, fight or match? Are what? we saying fight or fights on Polaris? I don't care. Matches? You can call it a fight. No, I honestly don't care. Fight. It's just yeah. another thing that people love to argue about <laughs> on social media for no reason. It's fine. I can't wait to see you be the poster boy for the absolute GP you're putting on, yeah? yeah. <laughs> Come take me on. No, I'm going to enter the contenders. Yeah, beat all the good guys in the UK. Yeah, there you go. Entry level, you have to beat Matt first, and then you can. I like uh, that. Yeah, beat in. me first, and that Do qualifies. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's like old school, like Wing Chun Grandmaster, isn't it? It's like to enter my school, you have to well, lay, like, lay a hit like on me traditional first. Traditional DJ storming as well. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm my school's better than your school. All right, let's have a scrap. <laughs> there we go. Um, I don't think we've got any more questions to be fair no, I think I... we're just rambling on for, for the sake of yeah, it yeah I think so Matt think, uh, thank you very much for having us and obviously thanks, being guys. a guest um, thanks for putting up with obviously our well our saying obviously all the time yeah that's that's <laughs> the one you probably noticed it's probably annoying the shit out of you now probably more anything else um, but yeah he's got thank. a t-shirt out of you now obviously 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh god um Actually, I have one more, one more final question. Oh. We keep on thinking of really cool little like slogans for t-shirts and stuff. Hang on, on like, just just to preface this, I might not like it because <laughs> I get sent sent suggestions all day long, and I go, <laughs> "Well, you didn't shoot down my Tesco only brand rash guard." I can't be think that it might. might. You might need to review the footage. Yeah, <laughs> it's basically all. Jay's mind's like, "This is amazing." Matt loved it, and I'm like, yeah. his face is like, "Yeah, no, no, no cut." Yeah. Um, 
yeah, we keep on thinking, we get little things of this, all this type of stuff and putting, putting stuff on t-shirts all the time. I'm like, is it worth the hassle just to simply just to put it on just for like cheesy stuff? So we had Ashley Bendel say single legs don't work, for example. Uh-huh. And it was like, sounds like a bit of a unique phrase. Uh, we had, what was the other ones that we've had before? Oh, uh, Dan Strauss, like, what we all really hate is cry. <laughs> That's got more legs than the single leg thing. Yeah. Uh, and then what else did we add? Uh, oh, the return of the Nuki King. So there's a guy who's local who <laughs> he used to basically go to the Nuki competition and just beat everyone all the time at Nuki. Nowhere right. else. So. I mean, I like that because it has a backstory and you probably get a bunch of local diehards that would buy it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I think not, it just yeah. depends, doesn't it? Like, it's like with Athletic. It's all the stuff that you've gone, eh, a little bit less professional, but I oh, fuck it, it's got to go out. Oh, that was I like, I like to trend. It's like, oh, I mean, yeah. Train, yeah, those sorry. are trend hard. Those are good. I've, I might do an acai and Jesus one. Oh my there. God, please do it. Please. I, I, didn't, didn't Grapple Machine do that? Probably. You know, they made some stringers. Uh, I think got, they might have actually. Yeah. I've got one that just says big muscles are really cool. <laughs> it's like a cartoon. That's of, fucking awesome. But it's a bit too sort of childish, I don't know. No, it's not. Do it. <laughs> I'd, I'd buy that. That's fucking great. <laughs> Yeah, I've right. literally got so many unmade items for Unathletic because it's just easy. It's un- 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 shooting. Un- endless, I yeah. think it is. Like you can just shooting ducks in the barrel. Yeah. Love it. Right, time. let's sign off there because everyone's hungry. Yeah, that's right. Well, anyway, thank you very much, mate. Cheers, mate. Appreciate it. Yeah, nice to see you.